some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 73. How are you, Scott Johansson, my lovely co-host? You're not, what is this, M mime day? Yeah, I'm going to mime. Mime club. Mime You're going to do the mime box? Club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jason Walker, the other co-host of your bi-weekly. Not so lovely co-host. <laughs> uh, we're not live this episode, which went over, I think, pretty well. So for those following at home that do the audio podcast, you may be like, where to happen to ep episode 72? We did that live after uh, Wonderfest. So you have to go to YouTube to watch it. I did not upload the audio version of that. I may do that at a later point in time, but just didn't have the time. So here we are. Scott, how are you, sir? Oh, I thought we covered that. You I'm fine. I'm like, we'll get into it. Like, really, how are you? I, I'm great. Do all you? your shirts have a stain right there? Right there. Well, see, so when you see the interview today, our, our guest, for, for those of you, our guest is uh, Jesse Garcia. And we recorded it a couple days ago, so a few days. And ago. so I had a I had a red shirt on with a stain here. <laughs> Jason, of course, wore the same shirt. Well, I put this nasty. shirt up, you know. No, I just right. take it off after the show and then put it back on. And I um, decided I would wear this, but I put a stain here so to, that it, so it matches. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was somewhat consistent. Oh yes. boy, how's everything else? How's your post Wonderfest life? I'm happy to report that I've. Um, sold all but I think one of my Wonderfest kits that I sent with you that were uh, so controversial, I guess. <laughs> and as long as we're on that subject, we are on that subject. Go ahead, sir. Um, today is Tuesday, the twenty seventh of June. We're recording this part. Host today by our guest from episode seventy one. Yep, seventy one that he's been commissioned by Mr. Flintstone to do a set of groovy ghoulies um, for Jimmy. Congratulations, Mr. Flintstone, for doing it the legit way. So, I yes, I'm, um, you know, I, I got a lot of messages today and a lot of, <laughs> there's still a lot of negative messages today as far as the timing goes and... Well, the, the timing of that we get into in our interview a little bit. So there's some of that with, with Jesse. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was definitely, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. There's part of me that wanted to take that post personally, but because um, I would have liked to see Jimmy post it, but um, I don't have animosity. Um, <laughs> there are some that, you know, this whole thing was kind of slimy and uh, I'll go along with that, but it's, um, Hey, you know, the sculptor is a gun for hire. Yep. Okay. And the head of the snake is still the head of the snake. Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he, you know, the positive is if he's going to stop stealing from, well, um, that's positive. Good. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about it. It's uh, going forward. I hope that continues. Yeah. And not just from well, but from other 3D sculptors as well that we saw on his table. And printers. And, and printers. Yeah. yeah. So. So. Uh, yeah. So. And that happened today. 
you know, like which a I, couple hours ago. Yeah. What a great idea. Let's post that the day <laughs> Scott's filming. Um, but um uh, again, I you know I, Chris is his own guy and he's gotta make his own decisions on what he's gonna do and how he's gonna feed his family right. and all that. I have no issue. I really have no issue with Jimmy hiring him to do him. Just other than the timing of it was just shitty. But if I had something to do with him doing something legitimate, <laughs> then yay. Thumbs up. That's a win. Let's do thumbs up for our thumbnail. Thumbs up. Because, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to get caught up in my vortex. <laughs> the Johansson vortex of doom. So. Uh, speaking of vortexes, uh, my brain is a mess. And the beginning of Wonderfest is always a vortex for me. And a lot of people coming up to the table. Someone brought me this dog picture of all of their dogs. And I cannot remember who gave it to me. And I remember talking to the person. But at the time, I was like, I should write their name on this picture because I'm going to forget by the end of the show. And of course I did. So there's some dogs. One of our listeners brought this up to us. I'm going to read their names. It's Jeep. Oh, no, I'm not going to because I don't have my readers over here. Uh, but this is a lot of dogs that they have. So please get back What's to me. It? Email okay, me and I, tell me who it is. So I, I, have, a, I have a guess. Legit do this. I have a I'm guess so who mad at myself. Yes, go ahead. I have a guess who that is. Okay. Was it Dave Kinney? I don't know. Maybe. I remember it being handed to me and saying, oh, that's amazing. And so then my brain why. just goes floomp. <laughs> I'm out of focus. This is why. Hold on. Get your beauty focus back in. Let me get my beauty focus. Time out. This is why. <laughs> Here we go. Paul Gill calls me like the night we're recording and says, hey, man, can you make sure Jason gets this right? Okay. So there. So, so I beat him to the punch because there was something he wanted me to make sure you got right. And Paul just him. sent me something today, and, 20 minutes before the show started. So, and I, Well, I just called him like five minutes ago, and I said, hey, what was it you wanted Jason to get right? So I make sure he gets it right, and he says, Are don't you worry testing about me? it. Are you testing me? I, he said, I sent it all to him, so he should have it. And right. I said, great. Let's see if I pass the test. The Johansson well, Let's see if test. you don't blow this one. All okay. right. So just going forward, please email me. Maybe it was Kenny. Oh, man. my br- like. Oh, it's hard. And it's one of those when people, there's so many people that you talk to during the show. Wait, look, check this out. Things I've been get... doing this lately. Look, oh, I'm Iron Man. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you okay. Someone help me. Help me. Um, this is a great time to do this. Like, and subscribe. If you like this content, we are getting very close to our thousand subscribers. We have a Discord. That information is down below. We have Redbubble and Teespring stuff available, too. I'm going to be updating all of that now that summer's here. I have a little more time, which I want to go into it for a second. The summer is already a mess. It's already a mess, and things aren't happening. But this is kind of like our season finale. July is our like was like the anniversary of us coming up. So we're coming up on, what, three years of doing this? We'll start. So there's going to be some minor changes going forward. Uh, just with the layout, I think of the show I'm going to work on, I might be using a new program. We're going to test that. Um, we have a ton of giveaways coming up. 
We have some stuff from minifigs from Jamie Sai, some stuff from Ron Joseph, some other things from Paul Gill coming. So no giveaways this episode. And for those of you that like long episodes, this is going to be one. Our interview with Jesse ran almost exactly two hours. It's one hour and 57 minutes. And I love it because Jesse is always the first to complain about how long our show is. And he had one of the longest interviews we've ever done. So now (laughs) that being said, can uh, I ask you a question? Sure. Here we go. Well, you're talking about all these changes. You're out of focus again. Yeah, What's going on over there? Man, I need less light. Okay. No. Uh, oh, my. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be one of them nights. It'll be a five-hour episode. Okay. I'm focused now. Oh, are you? Are you focused? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, what was I going to say? I was just going to say something. Something about messes? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I was talking about... It'll come uh, to me. Come to me like Karnak. I was talking about changes. You said changes coming. Yeah, the change. Yeah, thank you. The changes. You know, you're talking about all these changes. Okay. And, I, you know... For the life of me, and I've got a pretty good memory. I, I don't recall you. any of these changes being discussed with me. I did tell you. I said we might be using a new program to the record new program. the show. That's it. It's called EV Mux, I think, is what we might go to, and it will allow us to, instead of me having to edit the pictures in, we could put them on the screen while we're talking. But it's there's a price change for me on the back end, and that's what I'm trying to make sure it works. And we can still kind of do everything we do here. Um, we could get 54 more subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. And so just that's make an account for your dog. Hey, whoever it, give you the picture of the dog, make an account for every one of those dogs. It would be like, what, 12 more subscribers? <laughs> so, uh, I'm surprised you have not brought up my mishap from last week yet, which I thought would be the first thing out of your mouth. Well, we, we were going to get there. Okay, let's get there now and get it over with. All right. For some reason, the button's broke. <laughs> so I have to do it manually. So if you want to contact the show and you want to send us an email, it is. ModelClubTV at gmail.com. ModelClubTV at gmail.com. If you want to call the show and leave a voicemail for us, which we have an amazing voicemail today, 708-816-4299. 708-816-4299. For those of you wondering where the buttons are for the rest of the show, there was an update and it broke all the buttons. I can't do anything right now. So we're back. Anyway, you were going to talk about my mishap. Yes. Um, before I talk about your mishap, because you mentioned you the Redbubble thing. Yeah. Okay. I did order a shirt from Redbubble for someone. Okay. And I did look at the print, and the print looks really good. Okay. As we know, uh, who was it? Was it Vince that they cut the yeah, mug off? But I think on? they might have done Teespring. So I, I don't know what's going on. I got to. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I do want to fix and make, like, have us control that a little more than what we do. Okay. All right. So, yeah. poll. We're going to do a poll. Another poll. A listener's <laughs> poll, a, a viewer's poll, a, a a stripper's poll, whatever you want to call it. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. So, why don't you tell everyone what happened? So, I have a propensity to drop things in the toilet. 
<laughs> and it's because of the way well, my... that, that aren't supposed to be there. Right. Yes. Okay. Point stipulated. <laughs> my bathroom is very locked. tiny. We have two bathrooms in the house. My, my bathroom is very tiny and directly above the toilet is like the medicine cabinet kind of thing. So you have to open it and the toilet is right below there. So I wake up in the morning. I'm on my way. Uh, on my way to Home Depot. <laughs> so I get up to go buy something. I had to go buy more alcohol to cure. And um, I go to like pee, peed in the toilet, flush the toilet. It's almost all the way down the toilet. And I reach up to grab my deodorant. Deodorant falls out. I look down and it's, it's the last swirl. <laughs> it goes funk, right down the toilet. I go, oh shit, no. <laughs> So I immediately stick my hand down there, <laughs> try and grab it out of there, and of I missed it. Didn't get it. So I'm like, uh, okay. So I can't reach my hand down there. Flush the toilet. Toilet's not flushing properly. So uh, long story short, had to take the toilet off the off the floor. The wax wing ring needed to be replaced anyway, so it was almost like God saying, hey, time. So I took the toilet off the floor. That didn't help. I had to take the tank off the toilet. Turn the toilet bowl upside down, shake the deodorant out of the toilet, put everything back together, and here comes the pole. So, go ahead, Scott. The mystery pole. Now, keep in mind, this, this deodorant went down post-piss, end of flush. Yeah. Okay? So, I'm not telling a lie. Yep. Okay? Yep. Post-piss, end of flush. Okay? Toilet... <laughs> And then he flushed again. Okay. So the question here is, would you use the deodorant again? So if it were up to me, I would well, still be. Of course we know what your answer is. I would still You're be using the deodorant. Yeah. I was forced by someone that lives here to throw it away. And so I because she has better sense than you. That's yeah, why. That is true. That is very true. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Remember, this if is a long a, episode, so let's keep. This it was true. a piece of food. No, it's food. Would you have? No, I... that's food. What are you talking about? This is deodorant. It's in a plastic container. It's is this a container waterproof. Yes. Yeah, about as waterproof as that submarine that it's just ten dollar deodorant. I have to use that medical grade, like crazy sweater deodorant. Yeah, because you know why your body's fucked up? Because you eat out of the toilet and garbage. Okay. All right. So that's why this shit happens to you. All right. We're moving on. We're moving right. on. Leave your message. No, if you would use the deodorant again or if you would toss it. <sighs> yep. Leave the comment down below. Uh news and reviews. Make the noise, Scott. All right, we're starting with first up, Fantastic Plastic Resident Vinyl is running their free to enter summer model competition. Last year's festive one was a great success and was judged by Judge Dread artist John Higgins. This year it's being judged by another prominent art, 2000 AD and DC comic artist Lee Gallagher. Uh, the group is a very much international group with members rising daily and engaging in all aspects of our hobby with sculptors, producers, builders, painters, and monster fans. 
So here are the rules for the contest. Number one, all entries must be in by August 1st, 2023. Uh, the competition is free to enter and will be limited to one entry per person. A photograph or video is to be submitted to the dedicated competition page for all to see and admire for the final judging. Uh, as before, we will have a first, second, and third place with the first place receiving a prize, a sign, signed and dedicated piece of original artwork from our celebrity judge, the esteemed comic book artist Lee Gallagher. Uh, Lee, uh, see our separate page with Lee's biography and sample portfolio on the Fantastic Plastic Resin and Vinyl. The link is, well, I'll have the link in the description. As we have a large group, we are only accepting one entry per person as a photograph or video. Five competition will close on August 1st for judging. Three, Lee Gallagher will judge all submissions and select his first, second, and third winners. Seven, first prize will be an original piece of Lee Gallagher's artwork signed and dedicated to the winner. And eight, the winner and runners-up will receive a digital PDF winner's certificate. And nine, winners will be announced mid-August. And there's some links down below. So I already looked over there at the page. There's some really cool entries. So everyone hop over to Fantastic Plastic Resin and Vinyl and join up with that contest. It's a uh, pretty cool stuff they got going on over there. So check it out. Links down below. That took way longer than it should have with my mistakes. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. All right. Next. Day CG 24. Blade. What? Day what 24, Johansson held hostage. <laughs> That's your punishment for being late today. All right. Next, we have from CG Blade and Pseudoverse Creations. He has a request, a need for a printer. So, I, you know, he could just go over to the, the printer groups and, and post this and see what happens. But we'll help him out here, too. Hello, all. We, Pseudoverse Creations and Shellback Industries, are looking for a second printer to take on some of the overflow projects to keep our printing page up to date on orders. If you're interested, please direct message CG. Or let me know by email, uh, cobaltthebook at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, CG. So if you're interested in doing some printing work, head on over. Link will be down below. Uh, cobaltthebook at gmail.com for a printing job. All right. Your turn, Scott. Oh, news and reviews. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to start by saying I had a couple boxes sitting here like one was in April, okay. <laughs> I think another one was in May or late April, and the first one was, and, and we've reviewed the kit here before, but I finally opened this iconic scenes number three from Troy. Well, hold on, this goes to an email. Troy, who and Troy Nayhart, uh, okay. Shadow Creations right. with a K, and I believe this kit is now sold out. I'm not a hundred percent sure, so check with Troy. And I have to say, this a 1A scale. I really like the skull. And I did get the lighting kit for the um, fireplace. Another idea of mine. Um, and, and the thing is, I think Worthling gave it to Troy. Okay. Because Worthling's a bastard, I'm telling you. I've been telling people that. So, like, they don't know. But anyway, um, just the castings were fantastic. In the Van Helsing, the the glasses were like so. The side of the glasses were molded onto his face, and then just the glasses part was a separate piece. 
and it's really small at eighth scale. But just to see that kind of detail that went into it, um, really clean, beautiful cast. I think Brad Worley did them. And I, I this is my favorite of the three iconic scenes so far. So uh, yeah, that fireplace is really nice. Kudos to Jeff and Troy and everybody involved. Jeff who? Jeff Yeager. Okay. Yes. So the second thing I opened is from artist Randy Lambert. I don't think I've seen this. And you can get it on eBay. Search Lambert, Bella Lugosi Dracula, or just Randy Lambert. It'll come out. I'm not sure who the seller is, but it is him. Uh, he makes these to order. So when you buy them, generally there's a couple weeks wait. But um, I did get this, and um, he's got a line of these. He did a creature and a um, Frankenstein and a bride, and you know so. And these are a little bigger than the ones Danny had put out because Randy initially sculpted that set of midget monsters for Danny Sirocco. Okay. Um, Danny Sirocco missed you, by the way. Whose pieces, by the way, we don't have in the in the news and reviews, do we? No. <laughs> oh, we'll get them in the next one. We'll get them in the next one, Danny. We have, we have to. Yeah, we totally. So anyway. Um, We're packed this episode. So this is Randy Lambert. Get it on eBay. Search Lambert Dracula. I'll put the link. I'll find a link for it. Look for this picture. And um, take a little bit to get, but you'll get it. And the castings are great. It's packed beautifully and blah, blah, blah. So That's a nice piece. Next from Wellwinner, my good friend, is... Let's hope these aren't on someone's table next year. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, (laughs) <laughs> is bingo the first of the four banana splits i have been bugging this kid to do these forever <laughs> okay forever so wait this is your idea too sort of mm-hmm. and all i can say is so he did bingo there was one little change i wanted him to make and he did make it and um, it's it's perfect. It's beautiful. It yeah. And Bingo was the drummer, so it's not a real overdone pose, but it's a pose, you know. And um, Bingo was probably my second favorite banana split. And your first is? And my first is Drooper. Okay. Drooper was always my favorite banana split. I I don't know why, I just, you know, <laughs> it was my favorite banana split. And this is one of those shows I actually watched as a little, little kid. I watched well, it all the time. Yeah. Absolutely knocked Drooper out of the park. Yeah. Okay. I saw this when it was just a, um, what do they call it? When it was just a T still. Yeah. Okay. You know, so he, he did send me some in progress shots. And the only thing I suggested to him at that point um, is he's always shown in pictures holding his tail. Yeah. And so he's got him there holding his tail and leaning on the guitar. And, you know, at first I wasn't sure I was crazy about the leaning on the guitar, but he's got to be doing something. And this is just... I haven't printed it yet. 
this could be my favorite piece this kid's done so far. <laughs> I, really. And I've loved a lot of his yeah. stuff. Okay. But I can't wait for the other two. Um, Who are the other two? It's the elephant and... Um... So Snorky and um, Flegel. Okay. The dog. And so I can tell you the next one that's coming is a Republican. Um, think about it. You just said it, too. That's what's I, funny. I'm not... I, I understood. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was a joke. It was I a know. joke. I'm not... When I'm, you know, that word can get us... Anyway, I, I can't wait. To, this whole set is going to be amazing. Is there a group-based to- plan? Or a, I, just... No, I don't know if there there might be, and it might be exclusive. Okay. So we'll okay. get to that when it happens. When it happens. Okay. So um, teaser. But yeah. So uh, this is this is I don't know. And we're looking at. I'm looking at the small pictures right now. Uh, I opened up the big pictures that come with the file. He sends JPEGs, and I was uh-huh. looking at it on my computer before this, and it was like, wow. This nice. thing is just yeah, I agree. Very, very good, very good. And next up, he has Goof Troop, which is goofy. I think I don't know what show this was from, but again, from Goof Troop, Goof Troop, Goof Goof Troop. That's the Goof show. <laughs> yeah, say that ten times fast, there Judge Judge. Oh man, Judge Dredge, Judge Judge Dread. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, again, another great piece. And then he has this uh, Jackie Chan Adventures piece coming out. So um, I do want to jump in real quick. Uh, next episode, we're going to have something really special for everybody. If you're interested, that well-created, um, that's another teaser. So again, support well winner, great guy, great sculptor. Check out his work over on CG Trader and uh, his Patreon and uh, on Facebook and wherever you can find his stuff. But great dude, great sculptures, and can't believe some of that stuff, how good it is. So next up from Tony Cipriano, we have what, Scott? This is the uh, Amazing Spider-Man maquette. And while a lot of you may look at this and say it, it's basic, okay, it is based on the corner art that was in Amazing Spider-Man for, like, years, okay? And for those of you that bought comics... It's up in the corner by the price. Up in the corner, and there was always a um, picture of the character in the comic. And this was an iconic um, Romita Spider-Man, and with John Romita's death, which I don't think we covered last time, did we? No, no. John Romita, the longtime classic Spider-Man artist, passed away, um, I think, last week. He's 93 years old. I never met him. Anyone that ever met him had nothing but good words to say about him. And um, one of the last of the big names from Marvel to go. You know, where so many of them are gone. Stanley's gone. Yeah. Jack Kirby's gone. Steve Ditko's gone. John Buscema's gone. Um, and now John Romita's gone. So, you know, pretty soon we'll be getting into those 80s guys that are going. And we'll be like, what the hell? Yeah. But anyway... Uh, this is available through Tony Cipriano. Tony a, Cipriano sculpture, a great companion piece to his Iron Man too. There, it is, a, and um, you can um, contact him on here for pricing. There are two price points. There is a quarter scale and a six scale. All right, from Gilman Productions, we have an amazing work of art. 
uh, sculpted by Mark Van Tyne, a hundred bucks, uh, captures the character of this detail. The, the, the captures the character of this character, I think, perfectly. If people know what I'm talking about, um, comes with some really cool little newspaper clippings as well. Uh, I he's this is a very very limited run of this piece. So if you're interested, I would hit up Paul Gill as soon as possible. He said only about 20, maybe 10 will be made, depending on what happens here in the next couple of days. So if you're interested in this piece, I would get a hold of Paul as soon as possible and get on the list. It also comes with an, a beautiful uh, art print uh, from Mark Van Tyne, drawn by Mark Van Tyne. Uh, the red will be individually done on e each one, so it'll be a little different for each one. won't be the same every time. And there's also some, I think, brown in there to represent some feces and and paul said that you know you're our resident feces expert <laughs> you should be ah uh, for those of you maybe i'll make a donation yeah, yeah. <laughs> join that discord on saturday to hear all about scott's exploits and his o-ring so which again, now your o-ring's about no, to be mine's perfectly fine okay. <laughs> uh we have again yeah check out this i we're not saying the name for a reason but check it out. Talk to Paul. If you're interested in it, you know what it is. If you're looking at this picture, you'll know what it is. So there you go. Check it out. I don't know what it is. So you're going to have to tell, to tell you later. <laughs> so it's right. beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. it is very well done. Mark did a great job on that. And then from the Jaeger army, the next in the goon platoon, uh, Jailbird. And it is the curse of the werewolf piece. Uh, fits right in with the rest of them. It's the curse okay, of the word. is it me? <laughs> Here we go. Or does, does this kind of look like Paul Gill? It kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> I mean, if the beard was a little longer. Yeah, a little longer okay. beard. Less forehead wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah, this could be Paul. <laughs> yep. <man. laughs> That's pretty good. So, well, anyway, no, this is a beautiful kit. Um, and this is, I think, part of what they're calling the Wolf Pack, Goon Platoon. Oh, the Wolf yes. Pack, but in but the, the Wolf Pack okay. is 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 a separate okay. part of the Goon Platoon. And um, I think was it Jeff that posted? Somebody posted. Can you guess the next one? And uh, yeah, I think I can. So, what is it? Um, Let's get you on the record. Werewolf of London. That's what I was going to say. That'd be cool. All right. Next up, we have Rise 3D Printing. And we this piece, and there's a bunch of pieces here that were kind of teased when Joe Hudson was on. So follow the link below. Head on over to uh, Rise 3D Printing if you're interested in any of these. And first up, Scott, we have this Planet of the Apes kit. Tell everybody the background on this. So this is based on the box art of the old Adar kit. And a lot of people think this was an Aurora kit, but it wasn't. Adar was its own company very short-lived. I think some of the people that worked for Aurora worked for them, but I'm not 100% sure. sure somebody in the comments can fill us in on that. These were re-released re in the late 90s or early 2000s um, by Polar Lights, and I think they had the Aurora logo on them. I think they used the Aurora logo on them. So if there's confusion that these are Aurora kits, that's Maybe a that's, lie. Okay. okay. But it was actually uh, 
Adar, Adar, whatever, Adar. I think it's Adar because double D's. So, so, so it comes in two, two, you have two options here, the, the more deluxe base and then a smaller, simple base with just the ape on it. Uh, so, and I, Joe, Joe's paint up's fantastic. Saw it in person over at the show and he wanted it to be, it's in that nice, simple kind of Aurora scale that I think is, you know, I, I'm, I'm liking more and more because of the size for my collection, but that's and then their, they made a, a bus too, huh? Yeah. So they have a bust as well using the same thing. Uh, and which is again, what, how many times have you said this? This is the great thing about digital sculpting is you can take that same piece. They have three options with that same figure that you can kind of expand. I wish I could get a good friend of mine to see that, but he won't. So, <laughs> and then they also have coming up, they have some other things. They have this penguin in the works, which is, I think a really nice classic looking penguin. I'm looking now. Yeah. Really nice penguin. Simple base, little figure. I think if they continue this series out doing Batman villains, they could those those could be some really good pieces. Uh, they have his Lone Ranger bust as well, the one that Joe Hudson had uh, them sculpt, and that's available as well over at Rise Three D Printing. The Lone Ranger full size figure is available over at Rise Three D Printing. So if you're interested in that, and then also coming up, they have well, they also have the Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy available. In different sizes, again, <laughs> we're talking about. All right, the other piece they're offering that's coming out soon, and I know I just sent me a picture of him. He's painting up the the buildup. As Angelique from Dark Shadows, from Night of Dark Shadows, and a really cool classic piece. I I really like the folds and the cloth on this. I think it's really well done. Great sculpture. So if you're interested in any of these pieces, head on over to Rise 3D Printing. Link will be down below, and support them. Great, great people. Great people. Uh, Scott. I saw this. Ah. So one of those all-time classic dream kits has been re-released or is about to be released. Um, The Kyoto Big Guy Godzilla, which has always been one of those. Have you ever seen one in person? Yes, at Wonderfest two years ago. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Was it last year? It was the first time I'd ever seen one in person. I saw one a a few years back at at a store. Uh, so it's going to be about $1,900. <laughs> it's the price, $1,899. So with tax, you're looking at over two grand for this piece, which 21-year-old Jason would have jumped at that. 49-year-old, 48-year-old Jason is like, I have no room for this thing. And I, I would love this. Uh, but if you're interested, it's coming back. It's based on the uh, 89 Biollante Godzilla, which is my favorite Godzilla. Um, uh, second tied for first. I, I'm so glad this thing is not a 64 Godzilla. Oh, man, could you imagine if they did all of them in that scale? Where would you even put it? Like well, I don't like. No, oh. you know. Again, we've been doing this a long time. When this came out before, it was a thousand dollars. Yeah, so it's almost doubled in price. And I considered it. I considered. I saw one once, and I was this close, <laughs> like that, and I just. I was too, but I like didn't want to blow all my Wonderfest money on one yeah. thing. Yep. Okay. Yep. But and it's a really. I, if it was a thousand dollars now, I'd still be tempted. <laughs> yes. What scares me is they say soft vinyl. Now, this has turned into a weird thing for me because the X Plus kits all say they're soft vinyl, 
and they're not. They're like normal vinyl yeah. that we're used to. But I have one time did have what I'd call a soft vinyl kit. I have those um, Kyoto Mothras, the larva, Mothra larvas, and those are like squishy, like almost like dog toys vinyl. This, I think, is more that hard vinyl, even though it says soft vinyl. But for those of you with a large pocketbook and a large house, the big guy Godzilla is coming back. So, And it's big. Yeah, it is big. It is big. If If anyone gets it, Send us pictures when it's done. I would love, man. man I still might do it <laughs> just, just to say, I, oh, but I might get murdered if I do. I can't, uh, you can't even no, hide that. Can't. You can't. Again, I think it comes in two boxes. Is it did? Back I believe in the it day. is. Does yes. And I, oh man. Anyway, so Kyoto, big guy coming back. Next up in Godzilla news, Pluto, which is a free streaming service, is going to have an all Godzilla channel coming. Starting July 1st. So streaming 24 hours a day, Godzilla movie. And if you anyone, Pluto's free on most smart TVs. What, what are you laughing at? All Godzilla all the time. Yes, all day long. So I have the list here and it, like, it ranges from all monster attack, Godzilla 99, Godzilla 54, all the way up, I think, to Final Wars Godzilla. Some of those newer Mothra movies are in there. Uh, some things that are exclusive. I think these are the important ones to talk about right now. Um, Pluto TV exclusives. So you can't see him streaming anywhere else. Uh, Return of Godzilla, which is Godzilla 85. Godzilla Biollante. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Godzilla versus Mothra. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Godzilla versus Destroya. And those are all the 90s Godzillas that came out. So uh, that's cool to see. And I think hopefully maybe they'll end up putting... More, I think the plan is to do original maybe Toho series on there and do like Ultraman on there and do War of the Gargantuas and that kind of stuff. So that's a great thing to see. So head on over. If you don't have Pluto TV, download it on your TV already or on your smart TV, put it on there. I, I, I watch one of my political shows on there as well. So I want to say something about this list. Yeah. Okay. Anybody that watches All Monsters Attack also known as Godzilla's Revenge, and sits through that whole mess, okay, you need to call 911 (laughs) and tell them exactly where you are. Because that is absolutely the worst crap I've ever seen again. Is that the one that with uh, Jabra? Jabara? I, where the, the kids the, dreaming? Is that the one where the kids dream? Want the little kid running yeah. around? Yeah. yeah. The where they reuse footage from other movies? I watched a like uh, an explanation of why that movie was so bad, but yeah, it is one of the worst. <laughs> it's matter. one of the worst. And I like why they so they have Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla Fifty Four, same movie. Oh, I, I know what it is. One, one is probably the American movies. edit with the okay. Raymond Burr stuff. And the other one is probably the and that was that was gonna be my question. I wonder if these are the Japanese subtitled versions or if these are the dubbed. Well, see, this American. is what is we'll have to see how it shakes out because I know HBO turned into HBO Max and HBO Max or it turned into just Max and HBO Max had a lot of the Godzilla movies on there because they were part of the Criterion collection. So I wonder if some of those are still there. I don't know. It'll it'll be weird how it kind of shakes out. But it'd be nice to see if it just turns into an all Toho channel and they start putting Ultraman on there too and stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be great. You, you're such a hater. Anyway, 
Uh, I just a little update on what I got going on over here. Uh, if you're interested in a CA 3D Studios Green Lantern, I am currently working on that for Brent. So if you do want one of these, hit me up. I'm going to be doing it in quarter scale. I haven't figured out the price yet. Uh, the base will be clear. The All of the green stuff will be clear. So the hands and that sort of thing. Uh, let me know. And also coming out from CA 3D Studios that I have available will be this Fat Batman. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it, but it's pretty badass. Fat just, Dark Knight. Yeah, would... big Dark Knight, just big fat head. Cool piece. So I'll have this available. I'll have this new storm that's coming out at the end of the month. Which can I, I um really nice? Can I storm. interject? Yep. Okay. Just so everyone knows, Jason is part of this Patreon. I'm I'm assuming. Yes. And he's he's at the tier where he's allowed to sell prints. Yep. Of these, so I pay extra every month. I think it's so he pays I, extra yeah. to have that. So these are all legitimately printed. Pieces. I just wanted to clear that out. Make sure it's clear. So there's a storm coming out this month. There's also this amazing, like really nice smog from Lord of the Rings. I'll have this available at some point. Uh, and also, that thing will take as long to print as one of the movies. Probably okay. will. Probably will. And then this Bo Katan from the Mandalorian show, which again, if you're interested, head on over to CA3D Studios. If there's anything on there you see, talk to me. We can work something out. Uh, see if I have it. And then this from Elden Ring as well. So some cool stuff coming from CDA 3D Studios this month that I'll have for anyone. And then we have a model spotlight. Well, wait, hold on, spotlight. hold on, hold on. Sorry, what? I forgot something. I oh. forgot something on our reviews. Recently from Umbrella Entertainment. Okay. Recently re-released, remastered, recolored, whatever. Mad Monster Party from Umbrella Entertainment. Oh, yeah, it's under this arm. Have okay. you opened it? Have you watched it? Does it look like it's been opened? Okay. All right. Um, so it's got some new special features that the old DVD didn't. Some new Easter eggs, I think someone said. Here was the cool thing. I ordered the deluxe one because I'm an idiot. Okay. Yes. So the deluxe yes. one came with this set of pins and some. That's that was pretty nice. Okay. And um stickers. There's stickers behind here. And this is the this is the kicker. This is pretty cool. A reprint. And you can see this is smaller than the actual of the Dell Mad Monster Party comic that came out when the movie came out. So um and it was I I should have done more research, but I forgot about it and pulled it out. It was under fifty bucks for all this, and I think you can buy just the DVD for twenty five or something. Amazon? Did you get or just no Umbrella Entertainment? Um, you have to go to Umbrella's website. Okay. Yes, yeah, it might be on Amazon now, but I don't know if the deluxe version's okay. On cool. I, I think the Blu-ray's on Amazon, the new one. But make sure you get this box, okay? Because this is the new. Yeah, I'll pick that up. All right, we have a build-up spotlight. Scott, walk us through that. This popped up today. Hey. And it's a well-winner piece that I have printed a few of. A few more than I want to. Okay. I think the scale is about one twelfth. So, So everyone knows the figures are about this big. Okay, it's 
And at the time I printed this, I only had the Saturn going. So I can only print it at 80%. The base is four pieces. The mountain is three pieces. Then everything else is broken up accordingly. Okay. Um, this was done by Kenny Caruso. And I wasn't even aware. I saw some pictures when he first started building it. And I was really impressed at the seam work he did on the base. Because, again, the base is four pieces. And you can't even see it on the top. Uh, the mountain fits into the base. You can see, you know, he kind of puttied that at the bottom. But he, you know, put the green on there. I, I think Kenny did a great job here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really well done. The, the characters are all painted good. And um, it's really good. Now, the hate part of me in this is <laughs> uh, I started I started to get a few PMs today saying, Hey, can you print one of those for me? <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, uh, I kind of get that. I'm going to tell everyone right now, I don't like printing this piece. Okay. And the reason I don't like printing this piece, there's a couple of reasons. It's a lot of resin. The file is expensive. So you're $80 in for the file to start with plus resin and time. Uh, I can tell you right now, I'll print one, but it's going to cost you about $250. Yeah. Okay. And if you can get someone else to print it for you and buy the file cheaper than that, God bless you. Knock yeah. yourselves out. Okay. It is a beautiful piece. And uh, uh, and Kenny did such a good job. I really Kenny I did a great job. Fantastic. Yeah, he really well did. So good job, Kenny. A couple of weeks ago, I get an envelope. There's my address. If anyone wants it, I don't care. Notice the um, up here. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm going to open this mess up. To the number one Bigfoot believer in the world, Scott Johansson, enjoy this gift to decorate your humble abode from one of your Model Club TV fans. Okay. All right. And this is... Now, someone spent money on this, so this is kind of funny. <laughs> Someone ordered me a bunch of Bigfoot stickers, okay, to um, decorate my humble abode. And I want to thank whoever did that. Um, I'm glad you spent your money on Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> and and I'm talking, having trouble there taking them out. What's going on? Yeah, because I haven't put a. I'm not talking a few stickers, dude. I can you see this? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of freaking Bigfoot stickers here. <laughs> yeah. So it comes from Milwaukee. Now we have two listeners in that area that I suspect to be one of them. And one is our friend Ron Joseph. <laughs> and the other one is our friend Bill Wilson, who vehemently denied doing this. But, you know, this is a guy that don't use screen protectors on his 3D <laughs> printer. So I... So anyway, thank you for cool. whoever sent this. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. And I also want to thank Chris and Rod um, for buying uh, the King Kong Colas at Wonderfest. And I have passed one on graciously to Jason because um, he liked the bottle too. So it's like, yeah, I didn't get one. So, so I, but I passed one on to Jason, and uh, he does have one. So thank I feel you. bad for him. But thank you to both those guys as well. Yeah, we got. I got a few gifts at Wonderfest, and I, there are some. Cool yeah, I got nothing. I you got King Kong Colas. All right, workbench.
Scott, what are you working on? Um, I'll, I'll put a picture in here. The Tiny Terror Godzilla from Mike Parks is finally built. Congratulations. However, I can't paint it yet, and that's all I can say about it. But okay. it is built. Okay. Done. Secret. Finished up. Secret. And I gotta tell you, what a pain in the ass to get the fins out of. They still yeah, it wasn't, great, it's but scary. they are. Do, do you have one? Yeah, remember, duh. You <laughs> first season, yours. I built mine. We were supposed to build yeah. both of them. And, you and never the did. Fin, I don't understand that top fin, but it's whatever. It's it's on there. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if there is a right or wrong. But so. working on anything else? Um, I will be getting my room back. And I think the first weekend I will be able to do Discord from that room will be July 8th and 9th. Is that a weekend? Be there. This, this next week, this, this month is a mess. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm going to be getting my room back. And I want to, uh, while I was working on the Godzilla, I, Putty a little spot in the gossamer base that I had here, so I'll probably start sanding on that a little bit, playing with that. Just because that's a nice, easy into thing, and I got a lot of stuff. I'm a little behind on printing now. You mentioned Brent. I've owed Brent something for a while, and I also um, another guy that buys all kinds of well stuff. Um, I try to keep up and do at least two a month for him. And uh, now that people are bought groovy ghoulies, they want the next batch. So uh, I'm enough to keep me busy for a while. Good. Uh, what I'm working on brings us to the Mark Worthling head contest is ending end of July. July 30th is the deadline. Please make sure you send us your pictures. Uh, I'm started a folder in on the Google drive. I'm, we're going to put all of those up in the first episode in August. And then the Worthlings will be judging that contest. So I have started, I got my head. <laughs> I got to do the hair still on the eyes, but I'm close. I'm yeah. close getting there. Yeah. It's a good sculpt by uh, Jeff Yeager, but yep. I maybe would have received it a little more, but that's what I've been working on on and off. And then uh, real quick, I picked this up yesterday and it is the Vallejo spray paint, their acrylic spray paint. And it's called Chrome green or no, and I'm sorry. It's called bronze green. And at first, I was like, I wanted to use it to spray this Godzilla base that I'm working on, but then it actually might be an almost perfect Godzilla base coat color. So I'm going to test that out and see if I could replace using my Ceram coat charcoal gray and just be able to spray these things from now on. But yeah, again, that would come in handy if you bought that $1,800 big Godzilla. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, this stuff cans of that, but it's about $15 a can. If anyone hasn't used the Vallejo spray cans, the, the paint's really, really nice. It comes with two caps um, for a wide angle and a, a like more focused spray. It has two that come with it and the colors come out, come out buttery smooth and uh, it's great paint. So if I could find a nice base Godzilla that I could just use every time. So where oh, do yeah. you um, get Vallejo spray? You can get, I got this at Hobby Town and you can get it on Amazon. You can, most places carry this now. So it's good. Expensive, but good. Expensive, but good. Uh, all right. That's the workbench for now. We got to kind of hurry this through. We have grail mail, Scott. Grail mail. 
All right, this is from Kendall Conniff. I bet Scott has one of these. Looking for the Formula of Life kit from Resin Crypt. I actually only need the figure, the beaker, and the bottle he's holding. Since I have the rest of the kit, I have an original Atomic Creations Nosferatu by Thomas Kunz, molded in the old tan smelly resin I can offer in trade. Thanks, dudes. Kendall. So if you're interested in trading for this or maybe shooting a price, Kendall is looking for the figure, just the figure, uh, the bottle and the beaker of the formula for life kit from resin crypt. So if or you have if you one have of these, the whole kit, or if you have the whole kit, you know, the whole kit. And, Cause I'll tell you what, I don't have this kit. Ooh. I will say this though. I thought the lab equipment was beautifully done. And Vince, who uh, is no longer with us, did make me a set of lab equipment uh, before he passed. And I bought it from him um, because it's very accurate. It's very good. Very well done. So So it's good to have a grail mail email. We haven't had a grail mail episode in a while. So please send those emails to us. Modelclubtv at gmail.com. And again, the buttons aren't working right. Uh, Send your grail mails. Put grail mail in there. I had a grail thing that I'm looking for. What do you got? I'm looking for modelers resource number one, two, and three. Okay. And that'll complete that run for me. Okay. Um, I have a lot of AFMs I could trade you. I could buy them. I, whatever. I would just like to complete it. I do have PDFs of them because at one point Fred sold a CD that had PDFs of the first five because the first five were just like newsletters. Yeah. Basically. So I'm looking for the first three modelers resource. Um, okay. Our guest this episode is Jesse Garcia. Uh, Scott, introduce Jesse. Jesse Garcia? No. Jesse <laughs> Garcia is... Uh, well, I remember when I considered him a newcomer to the hobby, but he's been around about... 20. I think he said in the interview, like 20. Yeah, about years. 20 years. Yeah, about 20 years now. And um, I remember him from the old, uh, oh, what was the board called? It was it was for statues and stuff. Statue form. Okay. I remember Jesse from there, and then he trickled into the garage kit world, and he'll tell us about that. Um, so I've known Jesse a long time. Jesse is sometimes very outspoken, but there's Jesse no and guessing I think where you stand. Him. There's no guessing where you stand with Jesse. He'll tell you. Okay. Um. Is a friend of mine, and he hates Jason. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't hate Jason. But we tolerate each other. I'm just kidding. He gave a seminar at Wonderfest about becoming a garage kid producer, which is something we wanted him to come on before. And he said, "Oh, well, I'm going to do this at Wonderfest." So we're like, "Yeah." No. So, but he said he'd be happy to do it after Wonderfest and do it here. And he was kind enough to do it here. Goes a little long. The whole episode's long. I'd suggest you watch this in two parts. It's a two part. But uh, it is very informative. Yes. Very informative. And um, a lot of good points. So, And, and um, I will say this. The beginning of it is Scott and Jesse talking comic books for 20 minutes. Because which you I, which I let us. it go. I did. I let it go. Because I don't know how many times Scott has had to listen to me talk about painting with somebody. And this was something that is right up Scott's alley. So if you're interested, there's like really nice. For someone who doesn't know comic books very well, it was great to listen to two experts talk about comic books for a little bit. I, I really enjoyed that. So, uh, But then it goes straight into producing garage kits. So 
sit tight. Uh, and we'll see you after the interview. We have Jesse Garcia here with us to talk about kid producing. How are you, for Jesse? The, for the first hey, time. How you doing, guys? Doing okay. Yeah, yeah, for the first time. I think 72 episodes we'd had Jesse on before this. So um, the offer was out there anytime. You've been slumming it until now. That's that's what it is. You've been slumming it until you save the best for last. <laughs> the last. Uh oh. <laughs> let's hope this isn't the last, but let's hope not. Oh let's man. So uh, we're going to go into you. You did a pretty, I heard some good things about your presentation at Wonderfest, and we thought we'd do that again here. And, but I want to get I, into just some specific things for people who don't know some basic information about yourself. Where do you live? How old are you? Are you how'd you get into model this whole thing um, in the first place? I live in, I live in Sunrise, Florida, which is in Broward County. Um, one of the last bastions of sanity. Okay. In the, in the um, I have been, I'm 60, I'm going to be 60 years old next March. I have been doing model kits for going on 20 years now. Um, this all started with my friend Jim Maddox and Claro wanting a Batman kit. <laughs> and okay. that was the first domino that fell and every catastrophe thereafter followed, you know, thereafter. Um, were, you, were you a model kit kid or was this something you did as a kid or was it well, came later in life? Like, like a lot of the other kids, I, I, I started out with the Aurora models, you know, the old R Aurora models that I, I had to got all the ones that Mark Workling is reproducing. I had all of those kits. I got mm -hmm. them all. Um, for a while I was heavy into Star Trek kits. I was building the ships and the vehicles. I got the Batmobile, the Batboat, you know, a lot of the same model kits that everybody got back then. But it, you know, we're talking the late seventies, early eighties when it was there was not much there. Right. You know, we're talking fifty, forty five, fifty years ago. It was it, it very basically was a lot of auto there was a lot of cars, a lot of submarines, a lot of um a lot of military vehicles, and I just wasn't into that. But you give me spaceships and you give me monsters, that yeah. sparked my imagination. So once I discovered this whole world of garage kits, that just set the world in motion for me. Well, let's get into that. How did, how did you discover it? Um, I, I discovered it quite by accident. Um, when I was talking to Jim Maddox, he was sculpting for Randy Bowen at the time. And... Um, well, how how did you him. meet Jim Maddox? Like even like we contacted him. I we contacted him through social media at the time, and we became good friends. I you know Jim and Jim and his wife Deb and I and my husband Eric are really good friends. I was actually a groomsman in his wedding. Oh, cool. Um, okay. You know, we did a cool thing where we wore superhero shirts under the tuxedos, <laughs> and we all opened them up at the end of the wedding. It was awesome. Um, so we became fast friends, and through that, I, I met through him. I met a whole lot of. I met Mark Van Tine. I met everybody. You know, so many other sculptors: Eric Sosa, um, Chris Elizardo, just everybody. I worked with them doing a lot of superhero kits, which was what my passion was when I first started. So you know, I just got indoctrinated into the you know into the hobby, and then I discovered Wonderfest one year because I was invited by Barbara and Dan from Kit Builders, and that just opened even more doors, you know, and I started doing bigger and better superhero kits. And then at one point I fell out of superheroes and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Mark Havocum challenged me to do better, <laughs> to do original kits. 
And I said, you know something? Challenge accepted. And I've been doing original kits for the past uh, 11, 12 years. And I've got like six, six or seven different series of original concept kits that have done very, very well. What what got you into the superheroes in the first place? Is that was that like your thing? You're just like I, comics and superheroes. When I I first came into this country in 1968, I was four years old. I could not speak the language. My mother took me to a 7-Eleven and bought me a comic book, and I fell in love with the man in the red underwear with the big red cape. <laughs> I I have had a lifelong passion for Superman. Superman. A lot of the kids in my room are. You'll only find one, but Superman, you'll see all over my room because Superman is my guy. That's, you know, Claro, that's Batman. Superman is my guy. Don't so, let Claro fool you. Claro's Wonder Woman all the way. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. Right. I'm so not getting into this. But uh, no, I, I comic books is how I learned to speak and read English. So if it wasn't. That is I a very common concept. story. I've heard that many yeah. times from different places. That's cool. Well, a lot of the comic books pre like pre 1990s and the early 80s when you had Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum and John Byrne writing the X-Men and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, those things were printed with college level vocabularies. I had to look words up that were in those books that yeah. I didn't understand. So, when they were and you got to think some uh, back in the 70s Jim Shooter was in his teens writing the Legion of Superheroes for DC. That's amazing. Yeah, That's incredible to think that a teenager was writing comic books and they were actually being printed and mass produced. <laughs> and people don't know too, Jerry Conway, who wrote the iconic Spider-Man 121 and 122, yep. was also in his late teens when he was writing Spider-Man, when Stan Lee turned Spider-Man over to him. And, and he wrote, in, in the run of Spider-Man's, he wrote um, characters that are still, things that are still going on today, storylines that picked up today, some of them not so great, but that run that he had was like, it's an iconic run, and he was, like you said, he was 19, 20 years old, and it, it's amazing. So For Comic people book. like me that don't know issue numbers, <laughs> what made those iconic? What? Oh, so Spider-Man 121 and 122 is the death of Gwen Stacy, which was ah, his okay. girlfriend. Right. And then 122, the death of the original Green Goblin, okay. who I guess through some convoluted mess, which thank God I'm gone from comics, <laughs> has now somehow survived. But Is whatever. Gwen Stacy still dead? In the, like... Well, there's Spider-Gwen who could be a clone. I don't even know. So Jesse okay. might know better than me. because I There's it, a new... Okay, very basically... I gave up comic books shortly after about the 90s when everything just went complete crap. Um, everything from the 90s forward, let me not say everything, that's not fair. So much of everything from the 90s forward has just been a regurgitation of everything done from the 70s to the 80s. And I mean, literally, DC, the crisis on Infinite Earths, another, another crisis, another crisis. I'm like, I think that they're on their like 19th crisis at this point. It, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And they need, Marvel. They need Prozac. They've had so many crises. <laughs> yeah. It, and now Marvel, all of a sudden, and they're introducing it into their movies, the multiverse. DC's been doing the multiverse since the 60s. Yeah. That's why they did Crisis to try to get rid yeah, of the multiverse. <laughs> okay. Well, the reason that they did Crisis on Infinite Earths was because so many writers were doing so many things and, and superheroes were jumping worlds. 
they couldn't keep everything together. And then Merv Wolfman and George Perez did the ultimate DC history, the history of the DC universe, where he put everything in like one cohesive timeline and everybody was supposed to play off that, mm. that diagram. It's like, this is, this is it. If you want to write stories, you got to write them within this, these parameters. And then what, four years later, that went to shit. And then he started 92. Again. Hey, I was done in 92. That's when I stopped in 92. That's and, pretty and much. Then. Yeah. When, when they started doing the, uh, the foil covers, I was like, Oh no, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, all I, the crossover I, bullshit, you know, you yeah. know, you know, yeah, it, it just, I've me. always said, give me a good story. And I, you know, even if it's piss poor art, if you give me a good story, I will tolerate the bad art. I'll ask both of you this question. Great art. Is there a, I, I, I like talking comics. Is is there anything that either of you currently still buy and read that you think is like good? Like nothing. I haven't bought a comic (laughs) book now in, I, if you, if you look behind me, I think that's the problem with the comic industry. <laughs> we just these are all my old. These are all my old graphic novels. These are books from the '60s and the '70s and the '80s when I loved comics. This that's is right. it. So you and that's Scott basically did the same thing, then, right? Like Scott kind of has like the compiled ones behind him over there. Yep. <laughs> There's all my Marvel masterworks. And you're both, those I think, the deep. same age yeah. too. That's pretty- yeah, those are yep. too deep. And then cool. what's funny about that is I even stopped them at certain places. So like. When Spider-Man got the Marvel Masterworks up to a certain number, I said, cut it. Okay. <laughs> Iron Man, cut it. Um, X-Men, I cut after the burn run, really. And there's some good X-Men stuff after that, but I was like, I was like, no, just cut it here. This is a good place to cut it. Um, I'll cut Fantastic Four at the end of the burn run. I'll cut Daredevil at the end of the second Miller run. And I just cut Iron Man at the end of the first Leighton run. That's it for me. It's like you went longer than me on the Miller. I after the first run, I never. I got. I got three issues into the second run, and I gave up. So yeah, I, I actually liked the second one quite a bit. Um, so Jesse's a Superman guy. I don't think you've ever said Scott. Who's your favorite Spider Man? Spider Man. I grew Spider Man. Okay, because I grew up with the cartoon. Um, you know, and then went to the comics, and I had the Mego dolls and all that shit. You know, yeah. Brian Brian you know. Clark's a Superman guy. Mine, I don't know what I am. Brian Clark's a super ape guy. <laughs> okay. John Jasper's a Faust. That's the one I like. I like the Rebel Comics Faust. That was my favorite. So if let me ask real quick, and I know this isn't why we're here, but no, I know, but I yeah, we're good. But um so Jesse, we all have our favorite like runs of comics or storylines of comics. All right. What would you say your favorite storyline has been? It's not any okay. If if you want to talk about story arcs, I would say X Men one X Men ninety four through X Men one thirty seven, mm-hmm. which was most of the Cock- It was all of the Cockrum run and the the Burn run. Burn run, yeah. And with one thirty seven being the one where Jean sacrifices herself, and we all know she comes back seventeen times after that. Um, but if you want to talk about stories, that that's the dark Phoenix thing. Mind. I'm trying to do my, my yeah. rudimentary. Okay. Yeah, that is the, well, yeah. it ended with the dark Phoenix thing. Okay. Yes. It ended with the dark Phoenix thing, but that was the whole history of the X-Men coming together and the Phoenix evolving. The Phoenix first appearance was in X-Men one Oh one. And then she died in one thirty seven originally. So um, I want to tie this into Wonderfest for a second. Dave Cockrum used to go to Wonderfest, right? 
I actually have a yes, and I actually have a um a Phoenix by Dave Cockrum. I, I wish I understood at the time how important that guy was. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was that, always smiling. No one was ever at his table. He was just like hanging out. Guy. That so many of Dave Cockrum's designs are still being regurgitated to this day. Yeah. To this day. Wow. Okay. I have he a picture of him designs. somewhere. He's, He's on that he video clip. For, the, for DC. He was doing designs for DC and Marvel since the 70s. Wow. Okay, he was doing the Legion of Superheroes. Him and Mike Grell completely redesigned and revamped the Legion of Superheroes. And that's what I was going to say. If you want to, my favorite, it's not a story arc, but my favorite books that, because the Legion of Superheroes was encapsulated stories. It was one story per book, sometimes two stories per book. But that entire run of Dave Cockrum and Mike Grell on the Legion, sometimes with Jim Shooter reading, that is my favorite I've read that stuff at least 100 to 200 times, easily. Oh, cool. I just completely start the books all over again. It, it, and Mike Grell's work on The Lost World of the Warlords is untouched. It is probably some of the best comic book writing ever done. And by the way, he wrote and drew the book. So that man was unbelievably yeah. talented. Yeah. Cool. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't want to scare Jesse too much, but <laughs> that's probably, I probably have a tie for the top spot. And that arc of that from X-Men, well, Giant Size 1 and then 94 through 137 is probably, actually, I'll go a little farther than 137 because Burn stayed on the book and did Days of Future Past, which I thought was pretty good too. That was an amazing run, yeah. Yeah, so I'll go as far as to when Burn left the book. Um, I think it was about 141, 142. One, I want to say it was 143. His last issue I remember was a Christmas issue with Kitty where she lets loose one of the, one of the demons and it chases her through the house and yep. she wrecks her house. Yep. Yep. I remember that book vividly. So, and then my run, again, it's a personal favorite of mine, is Spider-Man from 121 to 149. And and it's kind of when I got into comics. So when I got into comics, I was right around 138, 139. So it was kind of in the middle of when they were getting ready to bring the clone back. But right away, I went back and got back issues. And, you know. What was the first I, Mary Jane? Well, the first Mary Jane um, was Spider-Man 41, 42, 43 you know, when she was first introduced. Right. When they finally became romantic and there was a big kiss scene was 143. Yeah, I was going to say it was in the, I was going to say it was, it was in the 140. Yeah. And uh, I remember that frame, you know, um, face the tiger, you hit the jackpot. Yeah. And, and so anyway, it, it's, so that's, they both tie for me. And there was great. I loved Ross Andrews, Spider-Man, especially yep. with, uh, I didn't like the later Ross Andrews Spider-Man, but the that in that run, and I guess it was probably the inker at the time, and you know, I wasn't following that kind of stuff at that point. But when Ramita Sr. inked uh, Ross Andrew, it was beautiful, you know. Yep. And um, you know, and I'll even so far as go back to Spider-Man and say from issue 90 up, because 90 was when Captain Stacy got killed and all, and then there was another yeah. Green Goblin story in there. So 
but yeah, those are my two favorite story arcs too. And, uh, you know, yeah, I just saw Eric. We saw you, Eric. I saw you. Damn it. He just walked by. Um, but, um, I'm impressed that you both can yeah. just run. No, this it off. is. And, and as far as art goes, I will tell you, I liked John Byrne. Um, I liked Miller's writing. The art was kind of, it was okay. You know, and I love the dark. Miller was great when Claus Jansen was inking him. Yes. Yes. When he inked himself, he tended to get dirty, for yeah. lack of a better word. And and then, yeah, I got to throw in the first Dark Knight series, too, the miniseries. That was also a favorite of mine. Um, Miller's best, one of the, Miller's best work, Ronan. So I had Ronan. it. I never read it. I, I know, Jason, I know that's kind of... Dude, you seriously need to read that. Honestly, that is arguably some of Miller's best work. It's like movies. I, really, really the, was the, the, I didn't think I was going to like it, and I really ended up loving it. But um, and I loved George Perez and Marv Wolfman's Teen Titans, especially the Judas contract yeah. stuff. But um, yeah. George Perez to me was the ultimate comic artist. Okay, I, it and was the nicest human being you'd ever care to meet. Yeah, and um, now I wasn't crazy about his Wonder Woman, but it was beautiful. It was. I, it was I have to disagree with you. I loved his Wonder Woman because he took her back to her roots in Greek mythology. So maybe his art in the first few books, fine, but the way that he took her back to her origins and mm-hmm. set everything right was amazing to me. So, um, but, you know, and I, I like Perez early on when he was doing Fantastic Four. Yep. And I love the way he drew the thing and all that. So it's, um, you know, and I think a lot of that one too, Joe Sinnott, who inked Kirby, was inking Perez at the time too. So yeah. it still had a Kirby feel to it, you know. And I recently had this conversation with someone that said to me, well, so you're telling me if I bought a piece of Kirby art, Kirby didn't ink it, somebody else inked over his pencils. And I said, yes, yeah. yeah. You'll probably be hard find, you know. Not a lot of guys did their own inking, you know. So it's, um, yeah. I remember when Perez designed the Salem Seven for the. There was an Agatha Harkness story arc where she was babysitting Franklin. She was Franklin's governess, and they sent the Salem Seven after her, and she just completely obliterated them. It was so good, and Perez drew it so well. He was a master of storytelling and just the way that he fixed his panels and told the story, you almost didn't need, you don't almost didn't need words at all mm-hmm. because of the way he did. And Byrne had the same thing. Byrne, you know, it was kind of funny because the Salem seven were actually characters that were designed by another. They were ripped. They were riffs of another book. And I cannot remember the characters. I'm sure it'll pop in my head sooner or well, later. So Byrne, do, you, do you think Byrne, Byrne was better with Austin? Thing. Byrne was better with Terry Austin inking than he was inking his own? Yes. Because yeah, I, I think so, Terry too. cleaned up his artwork. And by the way, Byrne pulled off one of the... And it wasn't Byrne. Cockrum. Cockrum pulled off one of the best fuck yous to Marvel, to DC, after Cockrum did not get his artwork back. He created... If anybody looks at... Uh, I think it was issue 106. Oh, 107, where they introduced the Imperial Guard for the first time. Take a close look at the Imperial Guard. That is the Legion of Superheroes. 
this was this was George Perez's big to <laughs> DC because they wouldn't give him back his artwork from when he was on the Legion. So Cochran, you mean? Cochran, that, that George, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Cochran originally redesigned the Legion, brought them into modern day, and then when he they did that, he redesigned the Legion again completely and turned them into the Imperial Guard. Every single member. I looked at the book and I'm like, what the hell is Legion of Superheroes doing in the X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was, they will forever be one of my favorites just for that alone. Now I understand where your original line of superhero kits come from. <laughs> that was, that, yeah, I get it now. Okay. <laughs> so let's get yeah, back no. into producing kits here. Yep. Um, take it away. Okay. I'm going to premise this. This is thanks to the class. I'm going to premise this before I anything to say. I don't want this to be a discussion that will dissuade people from producing kits. But I do want you to have an accurate vision of, of what is entailed in doing it. I don't want you to go in there with rosy, rose-colored glasses and you think it's, it's all so easy. No, we make it look easy because a lot of the producers in this hobby have been around for a decade or two and trust me we've learned from mistakes i would say yeah the ones that are left have been around a long time like yeah <laughs> yeah so i the first question you have to ask is basically why why do you want to do this really i mean i'm seriously asking why the hell would you want to do this <laughs> trust me have you guys have heard the stories and the nightmares that we each all of us producers have gone through and you still want to do this? Oh, okay, you're glutton for punishment, I guess. Um, there's really only two reasons for uh, you know somebody to want to produce a kit because there's something that there's something that you want to do that has not been done, or because there's something that you that has been done that you feel you can do better. Um, let's tackle the first one. You want to produce something that has never been done. There has been so much done in this hobby that. If it hasn't been done, you know, you have to one, you have to ask yourself, is this so niche that it's not going to sell? Because I'm sorry, you have to go into this with the mentality of how is this going to sell? How is it going to be received? Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you can't do something better, why are you coming to the table? Why if you can't do something better? You got nothing to bring to the table. Don't do it. Okay. Um, there's one thing that I want to discuss right off. and it bothered me for a very long time, and I discussed this in the class, for the love of the hobby. Get that shit the hell out of your mind. Nobody <laughs> does anything in this hobby for the love of the hobby. And yeah, I see Scott laughing. Oh. So, what do you think we're doing this for? What do you think we're doing this for? We've done this for free. Yeah. Actually, we've done this for negative money for the last yeah. three years. <laughs> but well, me, I get what okay. you're saying. Though. You I guys, get what you're saying. You guys may be the exception, but when you're, you're, you're not trying to sell a product. Yeah. No. You're, you're doing this because you, you know, when you're trying to sell a product, you don't do shit to the love of the hobby. You don't. I get so, you. And by the way, I'm sorry. I'm going to curse a little bit. You can I'll curse all you want. Um, we're not monetized you know, yet. <laughs> so we're okay. That's, that's awesome. Um, you know, Everybody that's in this hobby is in it for the money. Now, I'm telling you right now, if you, even the people that wonder, oh, but what about the people at Wonderfest? No. 
if they have two or three bad shows where nobody shows up and there's no money and they have to pay for the rooms and they have to pay, let me tell you something, it's written in the contract. If they don't sell out their rooms, they have to pay for them. And then the hotel will go off and sell them to the airlines and they'll get double because they'll get yeah. the money. They'll get the money from Wonderfest and they'll get the money from the, from well, we heard the on this show before Wonderfest was almost gone. They had to get a, a loan. Like it was almost done. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bunch of people that, that I, and I'll be honest, I was, I was not 100% on board with this. They, they had the, the Wantafest thing. Bravo to them. I was, when I heard about it, the way that it was explained to me, I wasn't on board. You know, and I'm glad I was wrong. I'm mad enough to admit, hey, I completely got that one wrong. You know, so bravo to them. Um, they helped, you know, make money and they helped keep the show going. So that's awesome. But every, when you do this, it is a hobby to the people on the other side of the table. To the mm -hmm. guy behind the table selling something and getting something from someone else and doing what, that is a business transaction. Money exchanges hands. That's so, a business. Let me interject a little bit here. And, and, and again, I know you weren't here for the early days. Uh, Jason, I go back a little farther. You know, and I'm sure you've heard this too. When this did start, it was exactly like you said. You wanted to do something either that hadn't been done that you wanted for yourself, okay? And you would throw it out there, and if you could sell enough to fund your next, do it, do something um, that no one else has done. And if I, you know, and if I can keep going like that, and then somewhere along the line, it twisted into business for sure, okay? Yeah. And what's going to sell and what's going to make money. And, and I think that's kind of when you started to get the influx of eight gazillion Frankenstein kits and eight gazillion Godzilla kits. And, you know, because now people were doing, they weren't doing what, like you said, Jesse, what they wanted to see done. And they were doing more of the, I can do it better, or this guy's making money doing this. I can do a different pose and make money doing it too. And, and so. And I and I think that change happened probably Jesse before you came in, probably somewhere around two thousand, late nineties, early two thousand. Jason, I'd say around two thousand, two thousand one ish. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I was getting around two thousand one, two thousand two was when we were because I didn't immediately go to Wonderfest and go. I I built things up, and then once I had you know something mm -hmm. worth presenting and everything, that's when I was found out about Wonderfest, and we went. And we shot, we shared a table with Dan and Barb for years. Yeah. And then, you know, we got our own tables and our own stuff. So, <laughs> but yeah. Terry Webb is calling me. <laughs> yeah, tell me you eat a dick. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> edit. Oh, hit the edit button. <laughs> <laughs> edit. You're going to have to beat that one out. <laughs> Sorry. I'm missing something. <laughs> that's going to be in the blooper reel for sure. Um, but no, and that's why I wanted to say, for the love of the hobby, is a complete crap now for sure. Okay, because um, there are still a few people that will go out there and make something that they want to see and don't care. But for the Hello. most part, I got to oh, agree. Me, right here. Hi. This yeah, guy, and you right do here. it. And you do it. All of my denizens of Zoe, all of my Halloween kits, all of this, every kit that I do is something that I want to see. If everybody wants to ride along, 
wants to come along for the ride, great. If they don't, that's fine. I'll take mm-hmm. a look at, hold on. <laughs> that is the Queen of Swords. That quarter scale, that girl kit right there. That's the Queen of Swords. That is from a Canadian TV show that nobody knows about except me. Mm-hmm. But I did it. You want to know how many I've sold? Four. That's it. I don't care. This was a piece that was done for me. It was the first piece in probably 10 years that I've done for me. And I lost my ass. You have self-promoted. Yeah, but you have self-promoted your Denzins of Zoe to the point where it's got a following. So you were able to, to keep going. Okay. Had you done the first one? Had you done the, uh, what was the first one? Scarecrow or Dottie? Was Scarecrow first or Dottie? Dottie was the first one. Scarecrow okay. was the second. Okay. Actually, both of them came out the same year. Okay. And and so, see, I, I pay attention a little bit. But yeah. had they tanked, you know, you have to, I, I mean, I would have to question, how far would you have gone before you would have just said, hey, this ain't working, you know? Um, I would have at least done the Tin Man and the Lion and then called it quit. Just mm-hmm. so that I could, because I'm a little bit OCD about that kind of thing and not seeing the two of them without the other two. But the success of the, the success of the Dottie and the success of the Scarecrow and then everything else, the, the robots, the construct, the wizard, the, you know, the lion, all of them just, you know, and who, whoever thought that a bunch of, you know, uh, um, oh God, what was it? Alex and Fabian started the, the girls, the Mooka, the Mooka girls. Mm-hmm. That they didn't want anymore. I took over. I've added, I've added three more to the series, and they sell pretty good. And as long as they continue to sell pretty good, I'll do, I'll keep doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, and same every, with the every uh, now and then, I do something completely different. Same with the Halloween nightmares. You know, you yeah. took that line and, and you kept going. Um, and now I've broken. Now with the Halloween nightmares, we're doing what Sean Kyle actually named the B roll. We're doing mm-hmm. the B movie monsters. The latest one is Invasion of the Saucer Men and uh, the Whack Mole. People. Yeah, the Whack a Mole with the Mole People. You know, the next one that I have, I already talked to Sean about it at Wonderfest. I'd like for him to do um, the Monster of Piedras Blancas because I always love that, or the Hideous Sun Demon. I've got ideas for all of these other monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, there's there there's the potential for a lot a lot of fun stuff. And by the way, I will say, self promotion. Greg Nicotero, I have a standing order for every single Halloween kit I I put out. <laughs> Greg Nicotero wants everything, so yes, <laughs> that's so, cool. That that is awesome. That is very cool. So, that, have that you is, set up a business? Is the next thing on your list? Yes, that is a that is really 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 important. A, a lot of this stuff that we're doing is you don't own the IP. If you're going to do you know monsters or whatever, anything that is owned. You want to set up a business. First of all, you want to set up a business. I'm an accountant. So numbers are all I do every day. You want to set up a business because going to Wonderfest then becomes a business deductible expense. Your car, your tires, your, by the way, I write off a percentage of my mortgage because my workshop is in my garage and that's where I hold all my inventory. So a part of my mortgage is written off. That's a business expense. My electricity, my car, gas, all of that becomes business expenses. The boxes you buy, the peanuts you buy, all of that. Why are you going to pay for that out of your pocket? If you do it with a business. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) 
I've hey. been fucking myself. Yep. Duh. A lot yeah. of let me tell you, here's the best part. If your business files a loss, which a lot of times this does, and you're a subchapter S, it goes into your income, it, it goes into your income, and you can deduct it from your income, therefore more taxes back. So setting up a business may cost you a little bit money, but it will save you a crap ton of money later. And if you do something that is unlicensed, which we will talk about in a minute, if you get hit and you get sued, your company takes a hit, not you personally. You shut the company down, open up another one, you're good to go. So I highly recommend talking to an accountant, talking to a tax, tax attorney, getting information and, you know, and setting up a business. But that also brings another thing. What's going to be your business name? What's your logo? How are you going to brand it? Business cards, swag, all this stuff has to be thought out. Give it a little thought ahead of time and you will avoid that later. Where are you going to advertise? I use Facebook and Instagram. That's it. I have built my business on Facebook and Instagram because that's where our people are. I want to jump you know, backwards for a second. Yeah, um, corporation slash LLC. How hard is it to actually set up an LLC? I set up. I, I set up my corp. I incorporated in less than an afternoon. Okay. In like about two hours, got my EIN number, got my taxes, did my signed up for a sales tax for sales tax a certificate, everything here in the state of Florida. I did it in less than two hours myself. But then get, I'm an accountant, but anybody can do it. Yeah. Honestly, okay. it is not difficult at all. Okay. Careful, you know, you're talking to somebody that can't figure twenty percent tip. So <laughs> my phone well, can. That, my phone you know, can. You need your head examined. Take the first, take the first number, multiply it by ten, then multiply that. I'm by out. Two. I'm already lost. There you go. See, <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you know the good news is Jesse. He's a teacher and he's teaching our youth. Uh, okay. Hey, I can teach <laughs> them how to make. I can make. Can tell, I can show them how to make brown, but I can't show yeah, them how to. Yeah. Act. So can I. So can I. I can make some brown for them. We I know never, very I, well. I, for those of you who are interested, I never do that, Chase. What did you teach art? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I I knew you were a teacher. Yep. I just didn't know what subject. Teach art was elementary for 20 years, junior high for the last five going on. Six. It sure ain't math. Let me tell you. So <laughs> no. actually when I had yeah, to but... fill in and like teach in the math, like they have me push in sometimes to the like third grade, second grade math. They're like, how do I, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Get away from me. It was like dividing fractions or I'm like, nope. You know, and here I am. No high school diploma. No fucking <laughs> No college degree, and I can do all the math. Here you are with probably a master's degree, <laughs> teaching guess. kids, and oh. yeah. And, Man, and I have a learning you. disability. It's not, it's, that, and it was never fixed. Sure do. So. Yeah, you eat out of the toilet. All right, so let's move on. Marketing okay. and swag. Uh, Marketing and swag. This is all stuff. Think about it, and it could be something as stupid as little stickers that you give out, little, you know, cards, a keychain, something. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you're not going to give, give away a Rolls Royce, for heaven's sake. You're just going to, you know, something that you include with a kit. Um, now, talking to kits, there's three kinds of kits. Original concept, licensed, unlicensed. Okay? I do original concepts because they're my ideas. I can trademark them. I can copyright them. I can do whatever I want with them. And nobody can touch me. I have a friend of mine who is an intellectual property lawyer. 
And every time I do one of the denizens of Zoe or whatever, I take it to him and say, is this going to get me in trouble? Am I far away? Apparently, there's 30%. I don't know what 30% means. What the, how do you gauge 30% on an image or on an idea? Yeah, I, I've heard I, that. I've heard that number as well. I have heard yeah, that. Yeah, you know, but who, wait, I take time it to out. him and who, I say. Like at this point in time, who owns the, is that MGM? Is that Wizard of Oz? I would think so, yeah. Is that? But wasn't that a story before it was a movie? Like, it was a book. It's a book. A book right. It's a series of books, actually. Is it old enough to be public domain, or did they scoop that up? Like, that's what I'm like. I think that it kind of falls under the same thing with Universal. It's like the idea of Frankenstein, of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that's public domain. Bram Stoker's Dracula, that's public domain. Right. But the minute you go into the Boris Karloff in the makeup and the Bela Lugosi in the that's makeup, a, okay. then that, All right. that belongs to Universal. That's what I was wondering. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so you can make your own Frankenstein monster and say, you know, hey, this is right. my Frankenstein monster. And as long as it doesn't look anything like Boris in makeup, right. you're fine. Okay. So, or, or it's 30% um, different, different. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you can get away with a flat head, you can get away with neck yeah. bolts, but, yeah. you know, you have to be careful. You know, oh, look, at the, look at the Frankenstein that they use in Van Helsing, mm-hmm. you know, with Kate Beckinsale and Hugh Jackman. That Frankenstein was so different, you know, and if you actually want to look for a, you want to see what Frankenstein was all about, there's a great movie with uh, Michael Sarazen and Jane Seymour called Frankenstein, the True Story. It's an old, I want to say it was 70, late 70s or something. Was that look a it made for TV originally? Yeah. Is that a, okay, look I remember it that. Yeah. It is brilliant. It is so good. It's my favorite version of Frankenstein. My, I want to recommend uh, if anyone hasn't seen Danny Boyle's Frankenstein, the play. That is fantastic. Really, 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 really good. Where can you get? Where can you get? You, it? it was only like I don't. You might be able to find clips on YouTube or parts of it there, because the way I saw it, it was like a Fathom event, like live. They were doing the play live, right. and you could they streamed it out to movie theaters. So it's oh, only okay, like gotcha. when they actually do the play. But the it was so well done, and the way the monster was in that was really cool. It was more like a like a stroke victim almost. The way that well, the, one of the it, it, act, it was really cool. One of the things that I like about the Michael Saracen movie is he actually looked normal when Frankenstein yeah. first created him. He didn't, but mm-hmm. it was as he, he was still in effect dead. So as the movie and the movie and the story progressed, he started to decay. So I was like, holy crap, that's such an amazing idea. <laughs> that's good. It's really, it was yeah. brilliant. And Jane Seymour played the bride, which was really good. I like the Van Helsing Frankenstein. I didn't like the way he talked. He sounded like a drunken Irish yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, the kid's not going to talk. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching that cat next to that tin man. And if it knocks it over, I'm not printing another one. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, that's you. That's fine. He's, you know, you'll see what you'll see. Cats coming in and out of here every now and then you'll get, you, you get used to it. With as, Sorry, many, so- as many as we have, you get used to it. So back to the idea. Um, okay. Um, well, first of all, wait. Original concept. Original concept. Nobody can touch you as long as it's something that nobody else has seen before, or it's so different than something else. Nobody can touch you. License. License is something where you go out and you, if you're going to do an Elvira, you go to Elvira's people and say, "Hey, I want to do this Elvira statue, whatever." And if they approve the idea, they say, "You owe us X amount of money." You pay them X amount of money. You produce your 
statues or kits or whatever, that's licensed. Unlicensed is where you do it and you don't contact them. Now, let's talk Turkey. 95, I would say more than 95% of our hobby is unlicensed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, I think that that's a fair number. Um, just because the, in, the intellectual property holders have not thrown out D&Ds does not mean they won't. They have from time to time, mm -hmm. you know, gotten pissed off and let D&Ds fly. And have either have of you ever got one in your producing yeah. days? You're both? Yeah. Okay. More than yeah, one. I got, I got one. More than one. And by the way, there are people in this hobby who will rat you out. Oh, yeah. That's how so, I got one. Know that. That's how I got. That's how I got one of mine too. So yeah, there are people who will rat you out. Know that. And um, so those are the three basic kits. When you go to have this, I'm assuming that you have an idea in your mind of what you want to make. Now it could be something as intricate as, you know, a design done on Poser which is a program that allows you to pose different people, uh, different characters and different poses. And you can add clothes and do all kinds of things. And it's relatively easy. It's not like a ZBrush. Yeah. Was, yeah. It, this is just very simple to, you know, to get the pose out. Um, but have something, even if it's a pencil sketch, even if it's one of those like little wooden dummies that you can pose, give the, give the sculptor reference, as much reference as you can. This is what I want to see. So once you have your idea and you work that out, the next thing that I think, oh, one thing, excuse me. I do not recommend that you show your ideas to anyone before. Don't post them on social media. Don't show them to anyone. Don't put, don't put them out there because I'm telling you, somebody will steal oh, them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight up. They will steal them. I have seen kids stolen. I have seen ideas stolen. I have seen all of it. So, you know, I'm not going to name names and point fingers. Everybody knows who they are. You know, that's, it has happened. So that's why I don't show. When, when Roberto starts a piece for me and he shows me the first part of his picture, by then it's usually too late for somebody else to start wanting to catch up with me. So... Yeah. You know, same thing with any other sculptor. Once it's like, I will show something, and that by that time, it's too late. And now, at that point, I've shown my idea. So if somebody comes out and copies it, they're going to know. They're going to know who did it first. So just friendly word in your ear. Okay, let me interject here. And if you don't want to discuss this now, we'll edit it. Um, you know, you got some flack on your Millicent kit, because it was very similar to one someone else had done. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, you got some behind the scenes flack about it, you know, that I know about, you yeah. know about, um, is it something you want to address here and, and talk about, you know, I, based on what you just said, is it something you want to, you know, okay. And again, we can edit it out. We, we can leave it out if you want. No, 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 I'm fine with it. I have no, okay. I have no problem. Okay, I have no problems. Dan and I talked about it. We we're friends. He he was at our table during Wonderfest. He was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was in the class that I that I gave. I I have no problems with anyone. I you know, and if anyone has a problem with me, I'm here. My 
My address is on my website. My telephone number is on my website. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I am not difficult to get hold of. Mm-hmm. Not. It's that simple. Now, Dan did this. And by the way, the, the, the piece that Dan did, it was sculpted by Kyle, by Sean Kyle, whom I'm working with. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no bad blood between anybody. So all the crap, the crap did not come from the three of us. Okay. The crap came from like all kinds of other people. Oh, why are you doing this kit? I have been wanting to do this militant kit for five years. Ask anybody, ask Gabe Pernick. I've been talking about this kit for over five years. And then COVID hit and then all this shit, everything went to shit. And they, you know, I don't know whether I talked to Dan or not, you know, and if I did, who cares? He's absolutely free to do whatever he wants. He wants to do a kit, do it. I, I have no problem with that. I think his kid is quite beautiful. Phil Lister just did an amazing buildup of it. Okay. Yeah, he did. And I don't know if we showed it or gorgeous. not. We did. Yeah, we showed it. We did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Freaking, that that buildup was freaking gorgeous. By far the best, the best buildup of it I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know? So there are some times where people are going to cross the same stream. Lord knows there how many Draculas do we have in the same post right. color goes like this with the head, feeling like you know. Give me a break. We've got well, 20 of them. And when it comes to her, in your defense, and Dan's, you know, so really both of you, um, when you see pictures have Dan of her, on too, so we always get his yeah, No. But, but yeah. if you see pictures of her, okay, you know, and, and there's, there's pictures of her if you really go searching, but the most iconic pictures of her are sitting at the easel with the creature bust in her hand, okay? Yeah. That is an iconic image of her. And like you just said with the Dracula, okay, I can name at least three companies that have done the Frankenstein in the chair. Okay. Um, my like question you just said. now becomes, okay, my question now mm-hmm. becomes, why did I get so much shit for the Millicent? And yet when, you know, there's umpteen Frankensteins and umpteen Draculas, do these people get it up? Because I haven't heard, if they have, I haven't heard about it. Right. It's a good point. It's a very fair point. Okay. Point. So why am I getting especially you know, the Frankenstein in the chair? I think that is very comparable because the Frankenstein in the chair. There's not much you can do with it. It's this. No, there was no. and, and I'll, the monster I'll name in the them. chair. Dark, Dark yeah. Horse did one. Yep. Okay. Um, Robert Tundy did one. Needful Things did one. Yep. Yeah. And Jeff Yeager did one for Rob Saloni, which Rob sold it to Paul Gill, so Paul Gill has it now. Okay. So there's been at least three that I know of. Okay. And, you know, again, so I, and I think, and, and this is just speculation on my part, I just think the closeness of it is probably why some of it happened is like, you know, Dan's came out and then yours came out pretty quickly after, you know, what they don't know is no, yours was already in the no, works. It did not. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it did not. Mine took a full year. Yeah. Okay. Dan, okay. At least. A year to a year. Yeah, because and a half. Sean had it at, at the One Wonder Fest. Uh, and technically, right now, the kit still hasn't come out because right. I had that shit that happened with the caster that right. I had to find another caster. So and, it and, is what it is. And yours so, is a different scale. Yours is a yeah, different scale. quarter scale. Yeah. And I know that that's going to limit some people's ability to buy it. But I had always, from five years ago to now, I have always said that kit was going to be quarter scale. Period. Dan's was Dan is one sixth, I believe. 
Yeah, yeah. I think so. so yeah. I like I said, I hold no grudge again. That there's no there's no bad blood between us. That's something that some other people are making up. Hmm. What cracks me up though is and and not that I want to kill anyone's sales. People will still buy both. Okay, there's yeah. people that will buy both. Just yeah. like there's people that probably have all the Frankensteins and all, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm I'm one of those Frankenstein idiots. Okay. I would like to just ask I would like to just ask something because, you know, how many freaking Frankensteins or creatures or Wolfmans or Bellas do does any one person need? I'm like That's right to you, Scott. Uh 52 <laughs> Frankensteins. Um <laughs> You're a maniac. You are an obsessive maniac. Yeah, I I, I agree. And, and you I know what? Get He's collecting like one thing. Like I get, I have Godzillas. I have a lot of Godzillas. I get mm. like I'm a fan of this thing, so I'm collecting all of that. I mean, I get I, picking up the same thing over. Your Godzilla is my creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I do have like probably about six creature from the Black Lagoon kits. That's yeah. it. Mm. You know, I just well, found, by the way, I just 52. found my Yamaha. <laughs> Okay, so I just found my Oyama creature, so I'm like, that's the Super Edge one, right? The Super yeah. Edge, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, and I'll <laughs> say too, it, when I was doing my Kong, okay, and I started out initially, I said I'm going to do a 12 inch Kong, okay, and then early on, Matt and I like had the same phone call, same idea at the same time. Said if we're going to do 12, why not do 18? Okay, you know why not be fucking crazy? So. We did it, and as we were doing it, I wanted it posed a certain way. And I said, yeah, let's bring the leg up like the Aurora. And I said, kind of one arm in and one arm up. Okay? That's what we decided on. Now, Matt fought me on it. It's a whole different story. Maybe someday we'll have him on, and we'll tell the story of that when I reissue it. But I go to Wonderfest that year. Now, we've settled on the pose. The armature's done. He's starting to sculpt it. I walk up to John Diaz's table. And Mark Van Tyne had sculpted a 12-inch Kong, which was actually really nice, um, in the same exact pose. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck! Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I went ahead with it. it it's because... Yeah, that's it, just, listen, that's just, the way, that's just the way that things work out sometimes. You're going to... You know, th- these things are going to happen. People are going to produce the same kits, that, you know, over time. You've got... How many dealers do we have in like dealer route A? Like 50, 60? Oh, I'd say more than that. I'd say Okay, less. well, you've yeah. got all of these dealers and half of them are tripping over one another, producing the same stuff, mm-hmm. the same scale, often by the same guy. Yeah. And yet nobody says voodoo a goose. Why? But yet Dan and I do one thing that comes close to and then, <laughs> just take a pill. Right. Take I, a pill. I, I didn't mean to ask a difficult question, but I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't. And no, people would say, "Well, he said that, and he did this, so it's like here it is. It's out there. You yeah. own it. You're okay with it, yeah. and we're good." Every listen, Dan and I had several conversations. He knows that there's, you know, there's no ill will from me. There's no, I believe, there's no ill will from him. You know, he came to our table. We had some nice chats, you know, because he was selling too, and we went back and forth. And so, but if if there was some animosity, that wouldn't have happened. And there's not. And like I said, we both use we both use Kyle, Sean Kyle, and I'm still working with him. I have no problem. You know, I've had 
some difficulties. And but we we're freaking grown ass adults. When we have problems, we talk about it. We solve the problem. And if we can't, we just move on. We are all grown ass adults. Nah, we got so many people in this hobby acting like <laughs> yeah. fucking children over resin dolls. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, yes. What do I always say? Man babies. <laughs> That's what. It yeah. is. Man babies. That is a great. That is a great title. That is a great title. All right. You know, well, let's and, go back and, to budgeting. Yeah, I just wanted get, to. Yeah. Let's get. To I budgeting. wanted to interject on there, but you yeah. know, it, it's well, yeah. budgeting. It's money. Now, think of, because this comes into play a lot later. I want to show you. I'm going to show you every penny I have put into the Millicent Cult. Okay, and show you, I still haven't gotten back my first penny of return. Not one. But it'll be interesting to see everybody freak the hell out about, over that number. You have to budget something and you have to know how much can you really afford to lose. You have to say, okay, I got this number. This is the number. That's it. Once I get there, if this thing doesn't work, I cut ties. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, uh, what was that Tom Hanks and Shelley Long movie? The Money Pit. Money Pit, yep. It is I going to that. be a money pit. And it, trust me, you don't want that. And, and I don't know, know if you cover this. You are willing to lose. And I don't know if you cover this later on when we get into this, but part of budgeting, at least when I was doing it, and I never did it on the scale you did, I looked at, like you said, okay, my price for the sculpt, what it's going to cost me to mold it, how much each piece is going to cost, how many pieces do I have to sell just to break even? I am totally going to, I, as a matter okay, of fact, Okay, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll go into penny. that. I'm okay. going to show you every penny on the Oceana. I don't care. I'll tell you, I'm going to show you my prices so people actually see what we spend, what producers spend on these pieces. I have no shame. I don't care. Hmm. Okay? I don't care. One of the things, the most important thing is choosing a sculptor. How do you choose a sculptor? Me. Okay, I have this idea. I have an idea for a kind of space girl kit that I actually sent it to Mark to film me because I, you know, I said, listen, this kind of like inner, I'm kind of stepping on your toes because I think this is something that you would produce. Is it okay? But I really fell in love with this thing. Is it okay if I do it? Whatever. And, and he says, go for it. But I went to him first and said, I'm going to, I would like to do this. I want your blessing on it. Now, I don't think he gave that blessing reluctantly. I think he really meant it because Mark and I have a really good, solid relationship. And, you know, if he did, I hope if he did have a problem with it, I hope that he would tell me, hey, Jeff, you know, and I would give him the piece. Hey, do it. As long as I get a copy, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So when you choose a sculptor and you have like a girl kit, who do you should, who's the first person you think of? Roberto. It's yeah. simple. And when, in, in the old I days, it used to be Mark Newman and uh, Mike yeah. Cusinelli. But um, at this point, it's I don't think that. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think that I don't think that either one of them is doing kits anymore. Right. No. No. no, no. no. And let me tell you something. Keith Kapinski, he can sculpt a beautiful girl. Look at our avia. Our mm -hmm. avia was sculpted by Keith, and that thing is freaking beautiful. Newman does stuff and once Marcelo in a while. Marcelo Mendez, yeah. Marcelo Mendez, he sculpted our our Elphaba. Dude, he, mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't. He fell off the face of the earth, but I would totally hire him in a minute to do another piece. You know, you have you have to play to your sculptor's strengths. And one of the things that I do 
when I work with these guys is I present them with four or five ideas. And I say, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think if we do this? You know, which one of these excites you? Which one of these gets your juices flowing? Because mm-hmm. when you give a sculptor something that they're excited to sculpt, dude, they will work harder for you. They will give you their oh, best for sure. work. Yep. No, so, and, and I've said that even about uh, Jeff Yeager, who, you know, of course, everybody uses till he's till they're blue in the face. Not yeah. today, which which he does beautiful work. Um, but there are certain pieces I've seen Jeff do that you can tell he was really into that piece. And the one that comes to my mind always is the Phantom and Christine. Yeah. And the dress on that. I don't know if either of you well, Jason, I know you don't own it because you're cheap. Right now. But uh, you know, that you know, you see that and it's like, wow. Right yeah. now, I can look at just about after after almost 20 years of this hobby, I can look at any sculptor any one of them okay and tell you this one really he really wanted to do this one he was excited about this one he really put forth an effort on oh he obviously needed to pay the rent that month i can tell you i can look at it and tell you no this is not the likeness is off this is and i these are people who can do amazing likenesses and then you you give me something like and i'm like no no and i'm purposely being vague because i don't want to insult anybody but Right. If somebody but, gives me a sculpt like that, uh-uh. And Hell. it's the same thing with painters. Okay, I've seen some of the best painters in this hobby get something they just you can tell they just don't really want to paint it and it's like <laughs> I'm going to give credit where credit's due. There are two people. There are two people who and they are good friends of mine, so I don't really care. Jim Capone and Saul Alvarez. Those two gentlemen can paint anything. Anything. And it comes out breathtaking. I don't care if Saul did it in 30 minutes. He did my uh, my Marlene Marlena Dietrich. That thing is gorgeous, and I'm sure that he did that thing in like 45 minutes. But that's Saul. Jim is much slower, but the results that Jim gets are, you know, yeah, <laughs> they speak, they speak for themselves. No, Jim now, Jim's work is beautiful. Yeah. Now, Anya, Anya's the same thing. Anya, I, I can add her to that list. She, everything she paints is freaking stunning. And to think that this girl's only been in the hobby for a few years, I'm like, what? Yeah, Dude, and she, she was... took everything. She took everything at this year's show. Yeah. And deservedly <laughs> so. Deservedly so. She was yeah, I didn't see any of it. Amazing. You know, I saw the pictures, but I didn't see it. I would have loved to have seen it. In person, we were and, gonna, uh, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. We were going to give our our superhero. We were going to give it to the one division, but we already fa- we found out that it was going to be awarded. So I gave it to the Black Widow simply because, honestly, all those pieces were absolutely amazing. They were breathtaking and absolutely technically flawless. So we just like you know something. She deserves it. Give it to the oh show. for sure. I was gonna give it for to sure. the I was gonna give it to the Aquaman, but I like the black personally. I like the Black Widow better. All right, let's talk about contracts. Some sculptors don't ask for them. Some sculptors don't want them. But I I prefer to have everything in writing. Okay, there are certain sculptors that I work with that their word is their bond, and I know it. You know, I don't bother with it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I would say if you're gonna if you're new at the hobby and you don't know which who you're working with and you don't know what their reputation is, ask first of all, ask for recommendations. Um, 
but make sure that all discussion of money is clearly spelled out, preferably in writing before any work begins. Make sure you know what everything, the whole deal is. All, another thing, make absolutely sure that the contract inclu includes full ownership of concepts and reproduction rights. The reason I say that is because there was a whole slew of problems lately when one producer died and there was a whole question as to where everybody, you know, who owned this, who owned that, who owned this. Oh, no, I got it. I got the bill of sale. And make sure it's all spelled out. And for God's sake, make sure you have a will. This is, and this is good advice to anybody as an accountant. Make sure yeah. you have a will. If you have kids, if you have a wife or a husband or you, and you've got property, whatever, make sure you have a will and that it clearly spells out that this, anything done for this business and this hobby is also included in this. And mm -hmm. all the business decisions are made by the person who you sign, assign as executor. It is vitally important. Don't put it on a piece of paper. Don't put it, get it on a will, notarize it, have an attorney. Have an attorney seal it. Have an attorney witness it. So you're the second That's person that told me that in the last two days. I just got. I had, I'm having a colonoscopy on Monday. Good times. And hey. one of the questions they asked was, "Do you have a will?" And I'm like, "Uh, no." <laughs> so it's like, shit. Yeah. I should probably do that. And now you're saying it. So it's God telling me I'm going to die. Hey. And I He's need to get the first a guy no, now going to the fire station. To, listen. First of all, what do you, you know, what makes you think that a 24 or 24, or 25 year old can't get hit by a bus after they leave their house? You know, you don't know. But if you own property, if you have kids, if you have a oh, wife, yeah. if you got everything, all of that shit goes into probate. And how do you oh, know yeah. what this court's going to decide? Right. My other question so, here that I, and it's something you just brought up with the, the person that had passed away, but there's another issue that's come up recently in its it's more with digital sculpting, I think, than, than other things is once like when you pay a sculptor for something, are you able to do whatever you want with that? Do you work that into your contract? Like if you want to release one at one eighth and if you want to release one at quarter scale, is that in the contract? Are you, do you negotiate? I own this sculpture and I can do anything I want going forward. Because yeah. in my opinion, if I were to pay for a sculpture, and this is me, no one else, I own this sculpture. I can do what I want with it. I don't have to go yeah. back and ask you if I can make That's this into said. a smaller thing. So just That's talk on that for a concept second, because it's kind of changed since. Concept and reproduction rights. When yeah. you own the concept and the reproduction rights, if I want to put that thing out in a, in a hero click style, I want to put it out in one quarter, I want to put it out in one six, I don't care. It's mine. I can do whatever yeah. the hell I want with it. So you are, you are a sculptor for hire. I am hiring you to produce something. How I choose to produce it afterwards, that's up to me. Yeah. That's not which, up to you. Which, if you're the sculptor and you have an issue with that, then you need to negotiate that into your price. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because, okay, yeah, I'm giving you this full control, but because you have this full control, then, you know, maybe I want $500 more, okay, because it's my work you're altering or whatever, right. you know. And 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 I've told a few sculptors, moving forward, this is how the business is going to be. Because oh, yeah. if not, yeah. And uh, and it was actually, uh, um, you know, I'll throw the name out there because we had a discussion. Tony Cipriano and I were talking how, in the early days of Famous Monsters, for example, 
Okay. They would commission Go-Go's or Frazetta or whatever to do a cover. Okay. And, but next thing you know, it was on a poster. It was on lunchbox, you know, whatever, wallets and everything. When they use that art for everything. And a lot of artists, you know, didn't like that. Now, Frazetta always negotiated, I guess, to get his originals, to keep his originals. Okay. And a lot of artists do that as well. You know, they want their originals back and stuff. But this is all stuff that, and it goes back to comic books as well, Jesse. These guys should have negotiated this going in, you know. Um, yeah. There was a lot of that, you know. And, and I don't know. Well, that's they, different, though, because. A lot of times they but, do, and they don't get it. But that's different, though. When you're employed by a company and you're making certain for that company, the company owns it. So if you're working yeah. for Marvel, it's Marvel. It's not it's yours. Marvel. You don't own crap. That's like the same with like 3M and Scotch. If I invent a new kind of tape while working at 3M, that's 3M's. I don't get the rights to that. Well, and that's true. That that is true. Um, but it's just as an artist, I would say if that's something that's going to bother you, you negotiate it. You have to. you negotiate. negotiate that that's you all I'm saying and, is you negotiate. Okay, And that, that is that, a whole new kind of thing that's coming up because the digital world is opening up so many it's, open, it's opening up so many doors and so many cans of worm at the same time because mm -hmm. you got people who are as unscrupulous bastards that will buy something from a sculptor or a thing and five minutes later you see it on Etsy for $3. Oh, I'm sorry. A song came to my head. Sorry. A little yeah. Cartoon theme song. We're gonna get us ding for copyright. Yeah. I can't like oh, that. <laughs> so this is something. Unfortunately, this is a situation in where the technology is growing faster than the ability to regulate right. it. Yeah, you know, because I always said there should be when they. Um, you remember like the old Windows disk that you know, little disk and the thing, and you know that you put in and. You could, you got like the the big long. I think it was like a sixteen digit key, kind of like yeah. product <laughs> yeah. key. Yeah, the key. Okay. Yeah, they, these guys need to figure out. It's like you can download it and print it one time. That's it. But you need that that product key. And if you screw up or whatever, they can give you a product key for the part that you need. Whatever, something like that has to be done because unfortunately, look at Etsy. That's why I will never ever sell any of my digital files. None. Mm. So, you know, and I, there's certain people that I trust. I trust Scott. I trust Ed. You know, I trust certain people that I know because I've known these guys for years, then they won't screw me, you know, yeah. but. Am By I, the way, anybody know, that wants a Tin Man get a hold of me? No, I'm just kidding. Fuck <laughs> 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 that Tin Man. Bring the right side. <laughs> so you have on here, make sure you agree to uh, in progress pictures and stuff. What do you like? Yeah. What is your acceptable time for a sculpture? Um, I usually don't have a, I usually don't have a set time period. Um, when I give something to a sculptor, I kind of like let him set the pace. I just kind of like every now and then send me like, you know, when Roberto is done with the head of something, he'll send me that and then he'll send the body. And then he's like, you know, every now and then I'll get like work in progress shots. So as long as I see something's happening, okay, so I'm fine. Okay. There's, there's stuff like Jim Maddox right now is working on my, um, Queen Mombi which is one of the Denizens of Zoe pieces. It's a voodoo priestess, you know, kind of think of uh, Angela Bassett as Marie Laveau in American Horror Story, uh -huh. something like that. Okay. Okay. I told him, I just need it 
by January so that I can have it printed, molded, and cast and have it in the, you know, for the show in June. That's it. Be between now and, and, and I gave him that like early this year. So he's got a full year to work on it. So I try not to rush them because again, when you rush them, they tend to get a little sloppy or they'll tend to cut corners. You know, for God's sake, Tin Man, seven years, seven freaking years, you know. It took me that long to print it. It took that long to print the damn thing. Seven years. But I know that I'm not going to come down on Gabe. He and I are friends. I love him. I love his wife, Regina. And, you know, I know that he had a lot of stuff going on during this time where he was working for Universal and moving down to Florida and doing, you know. So I'm not going to come down on him for that. You know, it is what it is. These people have lives. Everybody has lives. Shit will happen. I get it. Okay. And trust me, some of the excuses that you're going to get, I've gotten excuses like, and I think I told Scott this, um, I had one guy tell me, I said, oh, I need to buy books for my daughter. My, my kid needs a school uniform, whatever. Those are like viable excuses. I, I kid you not, I swear, I swear to God, one guy called me and told me, I'm sorry, I can't buy the kit because my tomatoes have aphids and I have to pay an inspector to kill them. <laughs> I swear that is the God fucking honest truth. Aphids, that's awesome. Aphids on his tomatoes. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jason's got aphids on his tomatoes, which is why he's going for a colonoscopy. One, one big aphid. <laughs> So it's just the problem is Jason's the first one I ever knew going to a, for a colonoscopy at the fire station. So, <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, that fire hose man, <laughs> me out. So you know, I, I don't, I don't really, I try not to. I mean, there are some times where I'm in a jam or I get in a jam and something is like really getting far behind, and I kind of try and put the tighten the screws a little bit, and you know, but that's very rare. You know, usually everybody knows my timetable. I need this by this time so that I can get it done by Wonderfest. I try and kind of, Wonderfest is my year mark. That's where, you know, so I got to have everything by January, February so I can have it in time. You know, ever, I will say ever since COVID hit, everything went to shit. Yeah. Everything went to complete shit. So you, you, you know, and then the supply chain issues of probably, you know, people couldn't get resin, couldn't get rubber, couldn't get anything. So you have to, one thing about being a producer, you have to learn to pivot. You have to learn to pivot and adjust at a moment's notice. And I'm watching, you your, cats. I'm watching your cats fight behind you. Sorry. It's, you every time one have, goes out the door, the gray and white one yeah. just takes a whack no, at there, there's There goes Hugh. Let's welcome see to, welcome to life in my house. Yeah. Um. If you do not have the patience to be able to pivot and adjust at a moment's notice, this is not the world for you. Because everything that happens to everyone else is now your problem. If the caster can't get resin, that's your problem. If the sculptor's kid is in the hospital, that is your problem. And I, and I don't mean that sounds callously, but, you know, it happens. Yeah. Anything that happens in their lives is your problem. If they're tomatoes you know, oh, and <laughs> Yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend. I'm depressed. I'm, you know, this, that. All of these things happen. And I don't, I'm, again, I'm not meaning it disrespectfully or whatever. These are things that are going to happen. Mm. And 
they will affect you. They will affect your product line. They will affect your, your cutoff time. You got to get used to it. You have to be able to pivot. And if you can't, again, not for you. It's that simple. Pivot, pivot. I go to the Friends episode. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> uh, deposits. Um, How do the deposits work with you? Okay. Sometimes a, depo- a, a sculptor will usually ask for 50% up front and 50% on deposit. I've been working. Some of them do. Some of them don't. I've been working with so many for so long that, you know, they know I'm good for it. They know It's like, I can't hide, you know, my address, my home address is public. My phone number is public. Every, I, there's no place to go. So people know me and they know, I mean, 20 years, I've never, you will never find one person that will tell you I screwed them. Not one. That person does not exist. So I have always made right on everything. So. Um, Usually 50% in advance for new guys, 50% advance, 50% upon completion. That's the norm. Um, finalizing the design, you know, you just have to like figure out, is this working? Is this it? And by the way, you have to look at a design from an engineer's perspective because you have to key and that's coming up. When you have like, let's say you're going to have, you're doing an, a thing of the flash. Okay, and the flash is like this. This arm is in front. You can't mold this. You have to cut this arm off, and this is going to be a separate piece so that you can get to the chest. These are things that they have to know. So some sculptors sculpt. They don't know how to cut and piece. So you have to find out that it's something that I advise everybody. Talk to the talk to the sculptor and find out if they're and if not, make arrangements. You work with your molder and caster. It's a huge thing. I want to reiterate too. Digital that happens. Yeah, that happens in clay and now in three D as well. Yeah, it's a big guy. It's happening both ways, and three D especially is going to be difficult. And you know, Jesse and I have already talked about the Tin Man having been a molder myself. As I was printing that form, I'm looking at him going, dude, I don't know how you're going to mold this. You know, you're going to have to. And he knows there's things on it you're going to have to change. And, you know, and it's a great thing about digital is these guys can go crazy. And the bad thing about digital is if you're going to mold and cast it, these guys can go crazy. Okay. <laughs> so you, yeah. you got to, you know, it's the good and the bad of digital, at least. Clay, well, it's you can that can still happen in clay. But generally, you can cut the clay, you know. Um, well, there's a, like a some of, of the Patreons of are, sorry, some of the Patreons are even like they have their sculptors that work for them that do all their sculptures. And then they have a separate group of guys that are just in women that are just their cut and kill yeah. people, that just their engineers. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're looking into getting into a good job doing this stuff, cutting and keying is, I think there's a lot of need for cutting and keying yeah. people right now. There is. A lot of the a lot of the um the sculptors that I've worked with have worked for larger companies, sideshow and what have you, you know. Um so they are they're aware of peeing and doing and cutting and know how to do it themselves. By the way, that's something else that I should have discussed is when you're choosing a sculptor, I work with established people. I work with Keith, I work with Gabe, I you know, I'm gonna be working with Mark Van Tyne. I work with um 
Roberto. I, I work with people that I know and that I've built up a relationship over years. Okay. Now, do you want to use some new kid from Brazil and whatever? Because I've seen, and I, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I don't know these guys. I could give them, you know, X amount of money and they could print, be printing these pieces down there or they could sell them on, you know, I don't know. I don't know these people. At what point do you, at what point do you trust that they won't go behind your back or do you pay the extra money for the people that you know and trust? For me, this is not where I have not reached this point yet. I, I, I'm still over here working with the people that I know and trust. So that's something that you have to, when, sure, these guys are cheaper and whatever, and they're immensely talented. They're, the pieces that I've seen are incredible, but I don't know who they are. And I'm, I have been screwed over so many times by so many people, I am not a trusting person anymore. I used to be a trusting person by nature. I'm not anymore. You know how, like, uh, what was Reagan's trust but verify? Yep. No. Yep. Verify and trust. You verify first, then you trust. You don't, he got it, he got it right, but he got it backwards <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and Scott, to your, uh, to, to your comment, printing and prep. Yeah, we need to talk about that because contrary to popular belief, nothing comes out of the printer ready to be thrown in the rubber. You got to clean, you got to, you got to cut the drain holes, you got to plug the drain holes. As a matter of fact, hold on a minute. Don't, don't show none of my work. <laughs> that I bought at Wonderfest from my good friend Sam Greenwell who I've worked with before. He's an amazing guy. See? It's got holes. All of this needs to be plugged up. Okay? Look at the the base has a big old hole in the bottom. Got a big old hole over here. So this, all of this needs to be prepped and cleaned and fixed before I can start painting it. So and just so everyone knows, when you go into the engineering aspect of that or the orientation of when you are putting it on the printer, Jason does this and I do it. I try to put those holes in the most inconspicuous places I can. Okay, not always because you're laughing, of, but but sometimes you know, it's hard because the way you have to orient it. Okay. Yeah. And um and I'm laughing because we made fun of Scott all weekend at Wonderfest while yeah, he was there. One of my kids he had, had the holes the right in the, the top of the <laughs> But it was also in a spot that it's easily yeah, no, yeah. You, you you put a little putty in your finger and, and run over it. Now on the piece that you have there with larger holes, okay. And I don't know what Sam Greenwell did or or whatever there, but a lot of times I like to throw those bigger ones. I'll print the plugs because when you put that hole in there, the plug becomes a piece. Okay. Right. And I'll print those plugs. So people have them to put in there. Okay. And you can either put it in there with 3d resin and cure it, or you can, you know, like I would say, put tape over half of it, get it to fit in there. And sometimes it don't fit in great. You got to file it out a little bit, but then you can put some glue in there, run some glue and you've got, you know, in Sam's defense, all the holes on this one are in places where. Oh yeah, no, I, I can see that. It's, it's freaking. The only exception, the only exception is this one right here. That's yeah. it. 
That's but even that's exception. inconspicuous when you're looking at it straight up. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. Um, it, you know, we got to, maybe we'll have someone on. Someone's got to have a, a way of doing the bigger holes now because not everyone includes the plugs and some of them do have bigger holes. And, um, you know, like in the base, I wouldn't even plug the base holes. I I just, you know, in the bottom of the base, I'd, I'd tell everyone, leave it. You know, who cares? Well, what I want to do is I want to put some resin in the bottom of the base so that because this is really top heavy. So mm -hmm. I'm scared that any little bump is going to send it, you know, so I want to fill I want to fill the bottom of the base with resin yeah. or with something to give it well, some heft. A lot of people put sand in it up yeah. to a, up then, to a point right. and then they figure out a way to seal the hole. Um, I've heard that. Uh, plaster is not a good idea. What did you put in there, Jason? It's I put Durham's good... water putty in there. Moisture. Anything yeah. with moisture is going to end up cracking. Yeah, no, you don't want anything with moisture. Right, yeah. so. If you put sand in there, don't go buy toy box <laughs> sand and stick it in there wet because it's going to be a problem. But you can put dry sand in there for yeah. sure. Okay. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of things you could do. Cool. Um, All right, molding and casting is where we're going. Molding out. and casting. I'm going to say... Oh, sorry. One thing on molding and casting. Molding and casting is as much an art form as sculpting is. Everybody says, no, molders and casters are the unsung heroes of this hobby. They get no credit. Whenever you show the sculpt, ooh, ah, everybody says, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Roberto did such a great job. Keith did an amazing job. Oh, they love it because it's a sculpt. You're showing off something incredible. Then the next time they see it, it's painted. Oh, my God, Jim Capone, Al, whatever. Oh, ooh, ah. You know, molders, nothing. Now, a good molder can take a piece of shit and make it into a thing of beauty. They can engineer it. They can do it. And it, you come out with no mold lines, no nothing. You spray that shit, and it's ready to paint. Okay? By the same token, you can have a piece that is absolute perfection. Give it to the hands of an idiot, and you're <laughs> going to end up with a piece of shit. So molders and casters, always ask, show them, have them show you their pieces, have them show you their raw pieces. Do not, you know, something right out of a mold. Ask for references. See what they've done. Talk to the people who they've used. But when you find a good one, you treat them like freaking gold because they That's are worth their weight in it. Okay. We're still waiting for I Big have, Galuna, Scott. What, what kind of... Hey, <laughs> don't rush gold. I, I have two or three that I work with that, you know, are incredible. And I, and dude, I will walk, I will walk through fire for them. Um, I, the first question of molding and casting is what resin? It's going to be standard? Is it going to be clear? Is it going to be colored? Um, keep in mind, clear and colored resin takes longer to cure sometimes as much as 24 hours that's going to slow your production so you know when you're thinking of i i just did the uh the oceana piece i offered it in clear with clear water and i offered it with solid water one is cheaper than the other and it's faster the other one isn't the other one takes more time so think about that when you uh you know, and this is the part where the class starts getting the class started getting really fun. I, I have to I have to disagree with one thing. Wow. I've been coloring resin for a long time. It doesn't affect my cure time at all. Okay, uh, I don't. I would like to know what resin you're using because crystal clear. And oh no! If that, you if you tint clear, 
Yeah, if you tint clear, no, it's still going to take a long time. I just mean if you tint your standard smooth on three hundred or the no, three twenty, yeah, 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 you're just tinting, that's that's. You're just I just wanted to resin, make that clear for everyone. Yeah, if you any clear, any translucent resin, yeah, you're using is a. If you want it crystal clear, you're pressure casting it. Okay, yep. and and most people want it crystal clear, and if you yep. don't pressure cast it. You can get okay well, results, but you better color Oceana, it because yeah. With the Oceana, we found um, a kind of resin that's just—it's called tinting resin, and it has a it has a yellowish tone to it. But in this case, the water is going to be painted blue and green or something else, so the yellow tint doesn't really matter. Right. So it's cheaper. Crystal clear is going to make the kit like a hundred dollars more expensive because crystal clear is ridiculously expensive, and it takes, like I said, twenty-four hours to cure. In pressure, so you know. Um, the next part is where I started having fun with the class, and you know, you guys will see this in the slideshow because it was just epic. Because everybody always, oh, I could save money. I could do my own casting, or whatever. You know, I can do my own molding and casting. I'm like, let me tell you something. My friend Joel stayed with us for a time while he was going through his divorce. He was molding and casting in my garage. He taught me how to mold and cast. I've seen what it takes. I molded and cast two or three pieces that I was working on with him. I've seen it. I don't want to do it. And by the way, the casting, the mold, the the, un, uh, the unmixed resin, that shit is toxic as hell. It will burn your skin. It will once it's mixed, it's not so bad. But each individual component, you get it on your skin, it will be really bad. But I love these guys that just say, "Oh, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna mold and cast my own stuff." You know, okay, well, let's talk about that. Y'all think it's just, you know, you wave a magic wand? No. If you're gonna set up a shop, you're gonna need pressure pots. You're gonna need an air compressor. You're gonna need a vacuum chamber. You're gonna need a vacuum pump, tables, a desk. Shelves, clay, gloves, cups, spoons, rubber bands, paper towels, a shit ton of paper. I mean, just call Uline and have them back up an 18-wheel truck of paper towels to your house because you're going to need them. Um, rubbing alcohol. Cool. alcohol. Rubbing alcohol. Yep. Yeah. Just That's just, so what do you think all that shit's going to cost just to set up? Mm -hmm. Okay? And keep in mind, you're going to need a space. You're going to need a basement, an attic, a garage, a spare room, a shed, something something somewhere now here's the deal we all have wives can, can i add something wives. to that to that list we have significant others that somewhere that lie somewhere in between the two can, can i add something to your list sure uh temperature okay yep i've cast in cold weather and i've cast in hot weather and i've cast in per perfect weather okay yep. and of the three, hot weather is the worst because the warmer, you know, resin resin catalyzation is a heat reaction. Okay. Yep. So the hotter that resin is, the quicker the it's going to cure. Yep. So you better know what you're doing. Tricasting in South Florida. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to South add Florida. that because <laughs> it was like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a problem. You, you yep. threw some pictures up here. Please tell us who's oh. workshop this is oh yeah these, these i just wanted to show people who think that it's like oh you know this is i can do this it's simple 
I just want to shoot a speed of pictures and show the first two, that's Dean Milliman's workshop. Okay? And this is this guy, he is an amazing caster. I mean, this his castings are absolutely flawlessly perfect. Okay? That's what his workshop looks like. He's a professional. He's this is how he earns his living. This is what he does. Look at those. Can I raise my hand? I want to raise my yeah. hand. Okay. I've molded and casted a lot. Okay. The fact that he gets results and works in in that swaller is amazing <laughs> to me because my workshop and Jason has seen me work. Okay. Um. It One gets to few. a point, and I, I stop everything and go, got to clean. Okay. Yeah. That, that would drive me fucking insane. Well, okay. Each person works differently. Look at yes. the, 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 next, the next one with the, the, the table on the two workhorses. I know who that is. Is that Paul Gill? That's Paul Gill's basement. That's your good buddy, Paul Gill's basement. Okay. Mind. The next three are all Paul Gill's basement. That is, how, that is what this your space will potentially look like this. Now that's not to say it will. Maybe you got your, maybe you're anal retentive like me and you clean, or like Scott and you stop and you clean, you whatever, but this is what it could look like. Okay? Did you have to show that picture of his fucking feet? Yeah, I love really? the feet. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Just think, just think it's, just think it's tucky. Okay. <laughs> no. Just think it's tucky. Okay. I'm going to hit the Paul's ass. Who the hell casts? In fucking open toed shit. Okay. That's Joel. That's oh, that's Joel. Joel? Okay. Okay. Oh, look God. at the short. Look at the short. Those shorts he bought at the Salvation Army. <laughs> they're, they're a couple of weeks old, dude. They're a couple of weeks old. And those last two, that's that's Mark Worthley's place. <laughs> that's Mark Worthley's place. Now, who you didn't put in here, and I don't know if you had pictures of, I will say this. Brokaw's shop was immaculate. But no, that dude, being said, Brokaw had Brokaw room. Okay, Brokaw had room. Okay. You know. What, yeah, but Brokaw has Brokaw has been doing this for ages and a day. And mm -hmm. his shop is always immaculate and always has been. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. But you're gonna be these new guys that are just coming into this, they're coming into this and they're going blind. So all of that is gonna be a series of you know, trial and error. So you're not going to tell me that a new guy coming into this without really knowing what they're doing, just watching a few YouTube videos, is going to have as immaculate a shop as Brokaw. Come on. That's not realistic. No. no. Shipping. This is something that we need to talk about because shipping is, by the way, shipping to the producer, to the caster, going back and forth, all of the shipping comes out of your pocket. Okay? None of this is free. Now, sorting and packaging. Let's talk about what you need for that. You're gonna need boxes, packing materials like tape, peanuts, bubble wrap, all of that stuff you're gonna need. Are you gonna do box art? Then you're gonna to need to buy stickers. You're gonna to need to get them printed. You know, unless you have a printer, which, okay, you know, if you got a printer, great. Um, and by the way, something that hasn't been discussed, how much is your time worth? Because you're gonna spend hours sorting, packaging. Boxes, I will answer that question. Addressing, Labeling. Can I answer that question for everyone? Okay. Sure. Your time is worth zero. Okay. Yeah. You will never recoup your time. You will never recoup an hourly rate. Okay. 
If you think you're going to, you're not. When it all boils down to everything, and again, I'm like you, Jesse. I don't want to turn every anybody off of this. Yeah. But, man, you're lucky if you're making $10 an hour when this is all said. Honestly, what I do is I have everything on my dining room table. Eric will be sitting on the sofa. We'll be watching something on television. And I'm sitting there packing and going and packing and putting. And I can tell you, every time I go up with the tape, he's like, <laughs> he just turns up, turns up the volume. I, um, I, I told the wife I mean, the other day, I was to, to coming me, in here to pack a box, and I snored, I guess, because I took a nap. And she says, you know, I thought that was a snore, but I was giving you the benefit of the doubt because it was so long. I thought you were ripping the t- <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. So yeah, one the one last thing that we need to talk about is your display master. Now, if you're like Paul and if you're like Paul and Mark, who are amazing painters, and I mean they are a one-stop shop, dude. These these guys they sculpt in house, they mold in house, they cast in house, and they paint in house. They are it's like I wish I had that kind of time and that kind of you know I'm not retired. I work you know twelve to fourteen hour days sometimes, um, you know so. They're amazing. God bless them. I wish. Um, you need a display master. Mm-hmm. I can paint. Okay. If you go into my website, you see this, you see the galleries. There's a little gallery from some of the modest stuff that I did. I can't paint like Saul. I can't paint like Jim. I can't paint like Anya. You know, if I had the time to sit and practice and do whatever, I'm sure I could, but I simply don't. It's just not realistic for me. So mm-hmm. I hire Anya and Saul and Jim to make my to do my paint masters because when you have a beautiful display on your table, you've got a master there that is just absolutely gorgeous. People are going to say, I want that kit. And I hate to say it, even one that's not painted 100% great, now you use top-of-the-line people, but yeah. even the ones that aren't printed, hey, Eric! Um, <laughs> he didn't even say hi. He did. He hates you. Oh, did he? he? Oh, okay. We didn't, we didn't catch it. Hear it from the, um, but even um, even a mediocre paint job is better than no than paint nothing. Job. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. And now a lot of people put, you know, unpainted stuff on the table. Jason, you had plenty of unpainted stuff and on the I, table. And I sold out of everything except the thing I painted. Right. And yeah, so oh, there's no rhyme or reason. But as a general rule, you know, now good is going to sell. So what I what I will say is good is going to sell always okay <laughs> but if you're in between um something okay. better to have I'm a pain so this thing is wobbling and i'm not going to break it <laughs> shatter bam yeah <laughs> until sam hey man you boxed it that way yeah <laughs> so uh but yeah so i just i you know, i want to throw that in it it's yeah. it's great and like you say, you 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 get people that do it for you, and I don't know what your arrangement is with them. Um, I've had buildups done, and a lot of times people do buildups for me just for the um, price. I hope you brought us some, okay? <laughs> oh. Thanks, thanks, appreciate that. Thanks. So. They're cat treats, you dipshit. <laughs> I know. That's I said. I want some. So I don't. Hey, Jason eats out of the toilet. I eat cat treats. Who cares? 
What? But, <laughs> okay, but again, a lot of times you can work a deal if you've got a friend that's a good painter where you say, yeah. hey, um, you know, a lot of times a friend will just say, give me one. Okay. Jason painted some stuff well, for me at one point and he I'm said, gonna, hey, gonna, give me this kit. And I said, okay, you know. And, and, I, I have a deal working with Jim Capone. And as soon as any one of my, the one kit is ready, I, I, I book him. And I, I oftentimes like, he really, really did not want to do the quarter scale Millicent. He wanted to do the, he wanted to do the bust. And I'm like, okay, fine. Here it is. I'll get Anya to do the bust. So I, I worked it out with him because Lord knows I love Jim. He's looking to retire. And I, you know, I don't want to make his life any harder. He's put me on a diet. Now he's like, I'm only going to do a few for you. I'm only going to do a few for anybody. So, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm disappointed, but you know, Hey, I love him to bits and I'm grateful for anything he does. So, you know, and I hope I'm not talking out of turn. He won't be insulted for me talking about this, but you know, I, I understand. Is Jim, Jim's an art teacher too, right? He is. And I was going to say, yeah. everyone earns that right to retirement, man. I can't wait. Yeah. Have you seen, by the way, have you seen his like blackboard drawings he does around Halloween every year? No, no, no. I, oh, it, dude, you need to go on his Facebook page and go on there. He does these unbelievable drawings on, you know, on every year he does like one or two and they're blackboard colored chalk. They're out of this awesome. world. He probably yeah, works like, at a place like that, that you know, he probably works at a school that uh, they appreciate and uh, love him. Yeah, where the kids wouldn't come up and draw penises on everything yeah. and all that, like yours. Yeah, yeah. This is where the real fun begins. Let you know, you know, we're going to talk about the Oceana. Everything I've paid. Okay, the sculpt was two thousand dollars. The printing, and this was a special price because I had. I got everybody, uh, I got several pieces in, so I, it broke down a little bit lower because I sent several pieces to be done at the same time. That was $1,000, and that was, it would have been more, but that's fine. The molding was $1,950, and 25 casting is roughly $2,800. So I am in this piece. $7,750. Now, my retail on the ones with the clear is $295. My retail on the regular is $275. That means, by the way, I want you to notice something. Look at how the price of the clear goes up by 20 bucks, but my profit only goes up for five. Okay? Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that that's yep. noticed. So the next time somebody asks me for a discount, it's built in, bitch. It's there. <laughs> now, here's what you do. Take the seven, take the seven thousand seven hundred and fifty and divide it by the two seventy five. Tell me how many pieces I have to sell in order to make my first penny of profit. He's getting a calculator out. I'm not doing it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Divided by 275, 28.18. So if I don't sell 28 castings of Oceana, I don't make money. And by the way, keep in mind, this is for the sculpt, the printing, the molding, and the casting. No box, no peanuts, no tape, no time, no shipping, no nothing. 
This is just straight cost of goods to retail. I learned one thing right now. I'm undercharging third grade math. No, besides that, I'm undercharging for printing. (laughs) So, well, it's. Well, remember, like I said, this price was. There was this, the Oceana piece, if you see it, it's got a shit ton of parts. It would have kept your printers going for at least a week. So, you know, still I'm undercharging for my. Okay. Well, that, that, you know, but but again, and, and Jason and I have both printed for other people. Yeah. And I'll I'll testify to this. My time is free. Okay. Yeah. I'm not making any money off my time. Okay. I it, it's well not the way no, we're we doing it. Money off of, of print <laughs> if time. If I do this, I'm gonna make money on my time. <laughs> well and uh now so, look at the here's the fun part. Here's the Millicent. I paid five thousand dollars for the salt. Now Everybody's going to be like, oh my God, you know, that's you create. No, think about what I got for that piece. I got the full scale figure with the drafting table and the footstool. I'm getting, I got the deluxe figure (laughs) with the pillars and the monsters. Mm -hmm. I got the bus. Okay. And I got five monster bus. So, Technically, I got eight pieces for that. Which goes so, back to when you buy a, a, especially a digital file, what can you do with it? Okay. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I had is... the intention of, I had the intention of taking the monsters and making them their own bus, you know, and I even made a base called that says Millie's Monsters. So if you don't mm-hmm. want the tall pillar, you can have just the small base. So there's lots of ways to do this that you can make it effective. Now, the printing of the full figure was 1800 bucks. The printing of the bus, okay, was six hundred bucks. Now, molding and molding of the first full figure was three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. Molding of the bus was eight hundred bucks. And that, by the way, the molding of the bus that was an estimation. That's not the full figure. I am into this piece eleven and a half grand. Eleven and a half grand before I've sold my first piece. I want people to see that number and realize this is what I mean. You have to tell you, you have to tell yourself and figure out what is your break point? Where are you going to say that that's it? Enough is enough. And you didn't even include that guy that printed those small parts for you, how much he gouged you on those. Yeah, seriously, seriously. (laughs) I just want people to see what potential these things could have, you know, yeah. and where, how far it can go. Right. Now, I think that's I a good that number. I, 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 I that all on I paper, I don't back. think I would have figured it would have been $11,000. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, there's a, a lot of costs in here, shipping, going yeah. back and forth. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff in here that's not in here. And the molding yeah. of the bus, that was an estimation. It's actually more than that. Yeah. So, okay. So let's just take that, you know, figure out what your break point is. Now, I know that I will make this money back over time. Right. I know it. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next week, but I will make that money back over time. So. But again, this is why when you take a digital piece, I don't mean to interrupt, but if you take a digital piece and you can break it down into different things, okay, 
Yeah. It will bring it, it'll get you your money back faster because but you can do that with you can do that with a you can do that with a, a regular traditionally sculpted piece too, as long as you plan ahead and do it that way. It just yes. takes some yeah. some more forethought. Like but, Scott, well, you did with your I, Kong. When I did with my big Kong, I supplemented the people that didn't want an 18-inch Kong in their room. And but they liked the sculpt, especially the head sculpt, which I I'm gonna brag and say I still think it's the best Kong out there. And they so they wanted the head. Well, here's a bust. Here's a bust for 60 bucks. Okay. And it was affordable. It was good size, and they could take it home and still have it. So and I probably sold a thousand dollars worth of those. Okay. They weren't as much to make. They weren't as long to make. They weren't as hard to make. And, um, you know, yeah. And we did that going in. We did that going in. Knowing I did that going in, I said, hey, we're going to cast one. We're going to cut it. We're going to make a bust of it. We did. So it's, you know, there are ways to recoup a little faster, but it's yeah. none of it's easy. And, and before we get out of the next subject, you know, and I'll say this, Jesse, and I know you don't do it. If you're going to do this, okay, I would recommend, okay, they're the, they're the two things, okay, that really help this, this, this along if you're going to try to make a business of it. Either learn how to sculpt or learn how to mold and cast, okay? Because it just takes one person out of the equation, okay? Yep. And, okay, you can control your pricing a little more, okay? I will um, agree with that. And and there's a lot of guys that are like Jesse that just farm it all out and they get the pieces, they put it together and they go. But that does force his his number goes to on the one piece was 28. Okay. I used to be able to I tried to price my stuff so at 2021 20, I was even. Okay. But I was doing all the work. I was doing the molding and the casting. Now I still had the material cost, but I wasn't paying for anybody's time to mold something. Okay. Same with the sculptor. If the sculptor pays someone to mold something, he's not I paying the sculpting cost, okay, but he's still paying the molding and casting cost. Okay. I will agree with everything that you just said, provided that person has the time and the space, neither right. of which are available to me. And, if and that the ability, wasn't, right. And, and yeah, the ability. So the ability I've got, I know how right. to mold and cast. Joel taught me. Now, mm -hmm. will I be as good as Joel right off the bat? No. I will probably have some, there will probably be a learning curve, of course, and that's fine. But unfortunately, I simply don't have neither the time nor the space to do it. Hmm. Right. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that it's. No, no, I, I understand. It's, it is. You're absolutely, you're 100%. I'm telling you, you're 100% right. It would make my life a heck of a lot. Oh, whoa, never, no, don't whoa, ever say that to him. Whoa. Don't ever say Careful, because this is recorded. Okay. All right. And and this will be a sound bite. We just keep playing. You're hundred percent right, Jesse Gordon. You're hundred percent right. Oh God. God. In 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 this instance, you are hundred percent right. <laughs> That's better. In this instance, That's you are hundred percent right. Jason, better. I'm gonna need this recording. So <laughs> edit that shit out quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delete, delete, delete. He gives me no password, so I have nothing. Yeah. So the very last thing you're gonna work with as a producer. The joys of working with the public. And a podcast host. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if y'all have ever been to a restaurant and you've seen Karen's going at it, whatever, and blah, 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 guess what? You guys are the public to me. 
So if you take a look at this first slide that is on there, you will see this is a Millicent question and answer. The first slide, it's got everything. What's the number? This is a shit time, whatever. I didn't have, I put down every bit of information I had for this. Then if you look at the second slide, that's information on the Millicent bus, including pictures of everything. Okay, with all the information, it came, blah, 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 everything is there. I typed everything that I could. Now, if you look at the very next page, this is a PM that I got no less than an hour after I posted that. The guy even screen grabbed the pictures from those posts. <laughs> and asked me that. Okay, you want to know what I did? I deleted the I deleted the PM. I I refused to answer. I, I'm sorry. I refuse to answer that. I I don't care if I lost the sale. I don't I don't want to sell to you. <laughs> okay, I I would rather lose the sale than respond to something that stupid. I'm sorry. I'm I'm almost sixty years old and I just can't take this shit anymore. I mean, the answers to every question he had was right up there. If you read the post, they were right up there. Oh, man. You know, and the yeah, next and one, here's the rest. Of the, yeah, there's another one, we literally too. Just got, you know, we literally just got this piece. When will the date and pricing, when, when will, uh, what is the expected date for price and shipping? On the legs for the Tin Man. This piece hasn't even been it hasn't even been molded or cast for twenty years. I have been answering the same fucking question. Until right. something is molded and cast, you will not know what your costs are. So I can't set a price until that is done. And I have said that for twenty fucking years. It's it, it drives in, me nuts. And in the case of the Tin Man. He may not quite be this tall when we're said and done. So. No, he may not be. <laughs> so, I, so. I, I mean, to jump on the piggyback on that a little bit, I get the same thing with printing is, can you print this for me? How much is it going to cost? And they just send me a picture. Until I put it in a slicer and actually spend the time working on it and figuring mm -hmm. out how much resin it's going to use, how much time it's going to take, yeah. I don't know. And I can't answer that until they've bought the file and sent it to me. So it's yeah. the same kind of thing. I get that. And, and it's hard. Uh, Jesse sent me the Tin Man to print. You know, it's kind of an emergency thing. Um, and I couldn't give him a price right away because yeah. I, as a dude, I can't give you a price till I'm done printing it or at least no setting problem. up all the files, you know. And I at least had all the files set up where I could give him a ballpark. Yeah. You know? Once you get and, that, you, yeah. And, and, you know, so it's, um, you know, and it's, but it, it's it's hard. Yeah, you have to have the files first. And just like a molder probably has to look at a piece in his hands before he can say, you know, kind of estimate and say, yeah, this is going to cost this much in rubber and this much. In, yeah, exactly. And I don't think they still know until they pour the rubber. Okay. So, they don't. They don't. Yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible. So, you know. But for 20 years, I've gotten the same question. How much is it going to be? When is it going to be available? I'm like, dude, we just finished the sculpt. What are you talking about? It's not going to be available for months yet. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the next piece, this one I kind of got, I screwed up. If you look at the, if you look at the picture on the right, 
Okay, that was posted May 18th. Please look at the last line. This kit is available now on our website and will also be available at our tables and will also be available to purchase at the show, meaning Wonderfest. Okay, look at the left, was posted 526. With all the information, look at the very last line at the bottom. Yeah. How soon after Wonderfest will the two Halloween kits be available? It was already on the website May 18th, a full week before this question was asked. To be fair, most people don't read. Most people don't get pictures. <laughs> Tell me about it. And yeah. that's where I think it comes from. But if I'm, if this were me, and I want to, let's say I want to buy this, I'm interested in this. Before I send someone an email, I would go back and triple check, like, hey, did they say this anywhere? That's what I don't get is, is it's right there. Every, you should. Yeah. But most people don't read. Paper. They look at pictures. I'm one of those. The people. only other person that does this that I know of is George Stevenson. But every month I put out a newsletter. This is everything that's being worked on. This is where, it's, this is where we are. This is what stages is at. This is what's available. Yeah. This is what I have in it. I mean, every detail, every single month I put it out. Sometimes I skip a month and, and again, COVID, through everything into shit, but you know, I do my best. So, so when's the saucer man coming out? What? <laughs> when's the saucer man coming? That's gonna throw something. <laughs> he is gonna throw. I'm gonna get a cat treat thrown. Her. I'm gonna, yeah, seriously, seriously. Don't don't worry about the don't worry about the granules. You but know. but but to what Jason said though, I I will say sometimes you post stuff, and you know the good and bad of it is. You you make long posts to cover everything, okay? Yeah, and I don't read your well, whole post that, because I'm sorry that you live. I'm sorry yeah. that you live in a Twitter world and you can't read a book anymore. Right now, I and I'm, I'm like, not Jason, asking you to read War and Peace. I'm asking you to read less than a paragraph, probably. And I don't, I don't read every long post. But if it was something I was interested in, You're I'm with Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go back and read the whole post to say, ooh, well, this is why, available? This is yeah. why yeah. I add the pictures. It's like, okay, everything that is pictured in here, the post concerns every all everything that's in the picture. So if you see a picture that you like, multiple pictures, read the post because there's information on that piece up in the post. And that's mm -hmm. what drives me crazy. You know? And you can't win. Your last slide, of course, is another example. Um, yep. Where you said you'd have a book uh, behind the tables, and yeah. uh, for what's behind the tables, it's not displayed. And uh, somebody writes, "Oh, what's in it? It's pretty on the outside. What's inside?" It's like again. Uh... <laughs> and I purposely, by the way, took out all the names. I don't want these people, but you know, it's this shit. Yeah. Seriously, enough. No, because you know, you know and and yeah, we don't want we don't want to bring Mark Worthling to the front of everything. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm man, just kidding. I'm, I'm so happy that Shane is there to keep him in line. You know, oh, you and me both. Okay, <laughs> you and me both. All right, I'm so happy I was able to contribute to her getting a big diamond ring. Um, you talk about stealing ideas. Yeah, that bastard. That's an idea, Steve. You need to stop gun. telling him things, Scott. I, I know. I'm advice. not telling him nothing. So, well, I, this was great. 
I, I think this was really good to see all of this in one place and exactly everything you go through to get a kit to, into people's hands, into collector's hands. So I want to thank you for that. And, I, and there's stuff in here. I, I think I actually, I, I did learn some things here too. So I'm glad. I'm sure other people will as well. So thank you for all of this. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we go? I, I told this to several people in the class. If anybody wants to talk to me, my number is public. If any, it's on my website. It, my email is there. Email me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Give on your YouTube. give your website real quick. Just I'll put it on the screen, but give it out loud too for the www.garagekitusscolors.com. But I'm going to be changing that very soon. I just bought gkus.us, so we're going to be moving it. Okay. But right now it's still at the same at the same place. Okay. Um, but you know. It, I, I'm an open book. There's actually three guys from Wonderfest that have contacted me and I'm kind of mentoring them because they really do want to do this. And I'm talking to them and giving them advice and helping them out. You know, I'll be glad to answer whatever questions anybody has. I got no problem with that. You know, I, I honestly, I wish that there was somebody there for me 20 years ago that could have helped me avoid the pitfalls that I, hey, the mistakes there, that there, I made. there was, but you didn't listen to them initially. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> oh God. <sighs> so um okay. this this went very long. And so when you're bitching, Jesse, about, some of your others. Hey, hey, when you're bitching about the length of the episode, Jesse, you're in now. You're you're deep. I in am. I'm sorry. You've had a few of them that have gone almost three hours. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I'm sure this one's getting there. So I'm sure. I'm like, this isn't gone with the wind. I don't need two nights to see it. <laughs> so, uh, but seriously, but anyway, thank you for coming on. We no, appreciate yeah. it. We really thanks do. for coming on. We thank appreciate you it. You know, I know I talk to you often, so uh, too often. <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> oh, I, I'm calling you at six thirty tomorrow morning, waking your fat ass. <laughs> okay, up. it wouldn't be the first fucking time, would it? Okay, no, it wouldn't. no, no that's right. Five thirty. Okay. Minutes. So oh he called God. me from Wonderfest at like one in the morning or two in the morning because he saw I was on Facebook and he goes, "Are you really still up?" And I go, "Yeah." Next thing I know, my phone's ringing. So it's... <laughs> All right, man. At we'll least talk I to always you. message you before I call you. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> All right, Jesse. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining. Thanks us. Thanks a lot. Okay, we're back. That was Jesse Garcia. Thank you, Jesse, for coming on and sharing all of that information with us. Scott, what'd you think? Hey, that was toned down, Jesse. That was very toned <laughs> down, Jesse. Yes. 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 Very toned down, Jesse. No, but we had a lot of laughs. We had some laughs off camera, too, that I'm sure you can't put in here. But yeah. uh, we did We did add some laughs. But I, I appreciate it. There's some things that I, I think I learned in there, some things that made me rethink some things that I've done. Um, I do want to say this. If there's anyone else who does it differently, and would like to come on and talk about how they produce their kits and walk us through their business model. Cause Jesse's one of those guys. And we talk about it, He farms everything out. If you're one of those guys that you do everything, I'd love to have you on and have you wa walk through your process mm -hmm. of doing things. So that is always open. Just let us know. I know we're going to have a couple other producers on coming up here shortly, but anyone who watched that and you want to just, Hey, Jesse's not right. Or he's right about this. I want to back him up or I want to show my side of it. We'd love to have you on. So. And, and kudos to Jesse was not afraid to share numbers on some stuff. No, and I really appreciated that. I yeah. it really, it, it wakes you up to what it is. And I, I've seen it with other guys. Um, 
that are 3D printing and stuff right now, they don't, people don't understand what goes into it. And again, you had a awakening as far as what you're charging people. And, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I try to be, I try to be fair and keep prices down. But like I said about the Herculoids kit, there's some things you just, you can't. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get into this, this hobby of 3D printing, or wanting 3D printed stuff, and you see something like that Herculoids kit and say, yeah, that's the kind of thing I want. Okay. My suggestion, buy a printer. Yeah. Buy a printer and print it for yourself. Hold on. Okay. We're going to get to that in some emails. So hold that thought. Hold that thought. All right. Next up, emails, voicemails, and corrections. Scott, we're going to do our voicemail first. We have one voicemail, and this voicemail is kind of... <laughs> We're going to play it. We'll react to it afterwards. Here we go. Oh, Johansson. It's John. John Tucky, you son of a bitch. I am tired of you mentioning my name in that bullshit dog and pony show you call Model Club. I'm going to float my ass to Chicago and haunt the fuck out of you. And fuck Jason Walker, too. <laughs> I hands down, I think that is my top four moments on the show so far in the time we've been doing this. That is the greatest voicemail we've ever gotten. And I really hope, I, I don't know that that's the ghost, I, I, that's the ghost of wish, John Tucky. Okay. First of all, if it is John Tucky, I hope he appears behind me in the screen and you've got to freak out when you're editing. But second of all, if it's obviously it's not, um, it's, it's got about as good chance of really being John as Bigfoot has as of existing. <laughs> but that being said, whoever left that voicemail, I would love to know who you are just simply because it was creepy. It was the impression was so good. It was creepy. All right. And I, I don't believe any disrespect to John was meant. Um, no, I, it's anyone awesome. that knows the relationship I had with John, Prior to our falling out before his passing, you know, I'm crying. Knows that. It's so good. <laughs> oh, and you know, and I many times when I tell a John story, I'll do a little John impression. And uh, Scott, uh, I don't think that's uh, very nice. But whoever did that, that's perfect. It's dead on. I'm going to float my ass down to Chicago. I'll float my ass down to Chicago. He even said it with like a, the Chicago accent. Because John was from this yeah. area. I, over, yep, he was over by here. Yep. Oh, man. I, I thank you, whoever God, sent that you. in. And if they were yeah, meaning I'm... to, like, if they sent it in trying to push our buttons, you failed. Because that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, and, and, you know, it, it's a shame that John passed because he would have been a good guest. He would have been a good guest. He would have. So, wow. Okay. So we have a lot of emails this episode. And again, it's again, for people watching... This is a two-part episode, two-part show. We'll split this up into a couple different days. Maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> this is a long one. Uh, all right. First one is from Brian Wilkinson. Hi, Scott. The talent in parentheses and the other guy. That's me. Hey, hearty hello from the north of England. I found you guys about episode 62 and I'm working my way through the backlog. You apologize. Uh, Loving the show, interviews, and the banter along with the gallery. I've been building kits most of my life, but garage kits for the last 30. Yikes. 
I do have a few. I'm not wearing my reader, so bear with me. I do have a few thoughts, though. As I watch more shows, it seems more and more leaning towards 3D printing and leaving traditional behind. I have some 3D prints, which I love, so I'm not against it. I still think clay sculpted kits have the edge. I think file sharing is the biggest obstacle. Fans of the hobby, I think it is a totally different beast. Most don't even consider the recasting side of it. They see files on the net for a small cost and think ka-ching. Speaking of files, you guys seem to collect loads. Buying a resin kit takes a lot of thinking and what to get and where from. So you have a selective, uh, very selective as to what you pick. Uh, and the stash still grows very fast. But buying files makes it so much easier. You'll quickly acquire more files than you could ever print, let alone paint. Somewhere down the line, I would love to see in interviews with sculptors and kit companies from other parts of the globe. Time differences allowing. We have some great companies here in the UK and have one show dedicated to garage kits. UK GK. Usually September in Crew. Hosted by Dave Nicholson of Killer Kits, Creature Features. I do attend other IPMS shows, but I get the feeling we are the black sheep of the modeling community. Over the last few episodes, there have been a number of deaths in the model world, and it's nice to see their work recognized through your show. One such chap was Gabriel Marquez. I bought his fantastic Gollum kit direct from him years ago. My kit has a sound chip from a Lord of the Rings Gollum figure and hisses, Mal precious. I've submitted some of my past builds, hoping they're up to scratch for your gallery. The dropship pilot from Pharaoh from Aliens was a 3D sculpt I commissioned and hopefully will be available soon. Many thanks, Brian Wilkinson. Great email. Uh, I put those two pictures up here while we're talking about them. I love that Gollum kit, even though I just sold mine because I ended up with some other ones and I ended up, I think, selling it at last year's Wonderfest. And it is one of my favorite Gollum pieces. So why did you sell uh, it? I have too many things. And it was like, there's one part of it I don't like. Like, I think the forehead's a little too flat. So I, I think I have a better one right now. So I, I kind of let it go. And now I'm totally regretting doing that. Uh, but I have that toy with the chip he's talking about. Uh, but thank you, Brian. I do uh, Getting people from around the globe as interviews, I think, is a great idea. And when we get a chance, we will. Uh, I totally agree. It's buying files is like candy, especially when they're, when they're like three bucks. And I have, I think, four gigs already, four and a half gigs of files already. It's much like my Steam library with my game collection. When things are on sale on Steam, I'll buy a game for a dollar or five bucks. And I never play it. It just goes on a hard drive somewhere. And that's exactly what's happening there. Thoughts, Scott? We were told when we got printers that buying files is like having Wonderfest every day. <laughs> and I can honestly say in the two years that it, I've had 3D printers, I've probably spent more on files than I have <laughs> model kit. I, I joined two some more Patreons more. this month. Some files are more, some files are less. Um, I, yeah, I have a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you all that right. being said, um, I want to talk about the clay versus digital. Okay. I agree initially there's a gap, but I can tell you this. If you really scour the internet, CG Trader and some of the work some of these guys are doing, look up specific characters like Jack Nicholson. Um, somebody did a Jack Nicholson from The Shining where he's in the sweater and stuff like that. They're as good as any clay sculpt I've ever seen. 
Okay, so it is the gap is closing, but it's just you know, just like with clay sculpting, there's guys out there that are mediocre, and there's guys out there that are real good. Same thing with digital sculpting. But the gap is there, and there are things you can do digitally that you can't do in clay because it can't be molded and cast. Okay. And in our interview with Jesse, we talked about that, how, you know, these guys can go wild with stuff and it's really cool, but there's no way you'll ever mold and cast it. I'm going to pause you there because a lot of this conversation is going to go into another email here towards the end. So, okay. Hold on to all that. Uh, From Chuck Hamoka. I'm seeing that. I I, I am seeing if this might be a nice topic to touch on for the show. Fine scale modeling puts out a great scale modeling once a year to touch on different shows they are attending. I had picked one up and was happy to see the coverage of Wonderfest and the number of figure kits shown. Just throwing it out there. So I'm going to put this up. I was not aware of this yearly compilation magazine that they put out with. I think it's shows and different models that were built throughout the year. Uh, It's like the highlight issue of all of them. So check out that issue. Chuck also sent in this from the IPM. Man, I got to get more into the IPMS stuff. IPMS USA 2024 new venue and date. So if you're interested in that, uh, they want to announce change of venue and date for the 2024 National Convention. Due to unforeseen circumstances, we have moved the event to a new location. We are excited to share that the 2024 National Convention will now be held at Monica. Nope. Manoa. Manana. 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 Will be held at the Manana Terrace Community and Convention Center on July 17th through the 20th, located on the shores of Lake Manana in downtown Madison. This large and professional event space, event space is the ideal location for the IPMS USA National Convention. There are plenty of on-site parking, nearby hotels, and an excellent restaurant scene in walking distance. We apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused, but we are confident this new venue will deliver an unforgettable attendee experience. Madison, Dude. Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm get yeah, Madison, Wisconsin. 2024, I think we go. July 17th to the 20th, next year, a year from now. What do you say? Let's roll. Let's do it. You and I. Holding hands the entire trip. <laughs> All right, from Mike Zizek. Happy Saturday. I hope this was sent out. We have Jesse on. Now he wants to hold hands with me. I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) Oh, and I left that part in where you said eat something. Happy Saturday. I hope you had a good recovery from Wonderfest. I keep looking at my haul and wonder how I was able to get a few. I hope I didn't burn all my karma points. Uh, Number one, I love the live stream that we did. Okay. Sadly, I didn't catch it live, but it was good to watch. Informative, but the comments were fun. That was a winner for a special occasion. I think we're going to be doing a lot more live stream stuff coming up. I think that's something I really want to kind of focus on going forward. Can you let people know who you are talking about when you throw out names? You kept saying Rob, but Rob who? Is he a producer, a builder, a painter? I figured, finally figured out you meant Rob Madison, but for those of us who are not insiders, it's hard to figure out. Plus, I would like to support the businesses, but don't know who they represent. Yes, we will try and do that more. It is a mistake because we're just, you know, we've known Rob forever. That's not the first time that's been a... um... Yeah, and we do it. We make that mistake a lot. So we will try and be better at that. Promise. Hold on. I ordered that bride kit from by Stan Arts based on the paint job alone. 
I'm also ordering the Wizard from Garage Kit US based on Jim Capone's paint job, too. Did you see that one? Holy shit. Yes. Fantastic paint job. So, Jesse, <laughs> you bought a kit right there. Someone else mentioned the non-Facebook or Discord notifications. I hate notifications, but I digress. Have you thought of an email list? It might be a good way to keep viewers informed. You could link things you find between shows and people can share info from the email. You could make it non-reply so you don't get flooded with responses or questions. Uh, that is a great idea. Thank you. I think I may end up using that for some things and might start putting that together. Number five, nine, 935 viewers. So close. How about posting as the, ch as the channel on Facebook boards and get that number to 1,000? I want to try to help in that area. All right. So the Facebook page, I hate it. I hate it just between Discord, this, uh, so many other things going on. It's hard to try and do everything. I don't, I think for us, our sister like page, I think I, we consider Scott and I both consider uh, 3D or uh, 3D prints and garage kits. It's kind of like our Facebook group. So please head over to there and we'll post more in there, but I will always post the new episode in the Facebook page. I just, I hate doing it because I have to switch between my main profile and that. And so I miss things and I just, after a while I need a break. So it's hard to keep everything going. You know, I wouldn't mind doing it, but I, I want to be clear. He said the keyword there. Okay. You know what? Roll. All right. Okay. All right. All right. You know what, Scott? He's got some control issues. Okay. No, I'm not allowed to edit. I'm not allowed to see the. <laughs> not email. allowed to edit. I don't trust. To... First of all, okay. the I... reason you're not allowed to edit. Here's why. You ready for this? This because ought to be great. We're still waiting for the big Galuna. If I relied on you to edit every show, they would all be late. Am I right or wrong? I don't know that they'd be late. Ah, they'd be late because I would just put them up raw. <laughs> exactly. There's That's what we should do. What a great idea for an episode. Well, that was Miles our live Club. show. That was episode 100 raw. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll do those live, but you know what? I will make, I will give you, you're going to have Facebook page permissions. You're going to be responsible for that. There you go. Long episode in our last email. And I saved this for last. Cause there's a lot I want to say about this. And I think there's probably a lot you're going to want to say too. So, uh Oh, it's going to be one of those piss me off emails. Mm, no, I maybe. No. I don't know. It's from Logan Taurus, AKA Scuzzfink. Why? you told me is having a good time over on the clubhouse. Am I right? He always has a good time in a clubhouse, but <laughs> he's pissing some people off, but All right. yes, so, he always has a good hey. time in a clubhouse. So let me read. It's about what, no, it's not about blood sacrifice. It's about what Jason keenly observed. And I have for a while. Yes. The hobby is aging out. Nobody speaks about it. It's like a bad secret. Let's face it, the hobby started really going in the early 90s. The baby boomers were in their 30s and 40s, back then fit and full of pep. While most of them, I can never, I never can picture Scott Pep. I think he meant to say like most of them. I can never picture Scott Peppy. LOL. I have seen the last four years of Wonderfest on YouTube. A lot older gray haired guys that have been around or, in, or into the hobby for many decades. And yes, time is marching on. A lot of people have passed away or given up on the hobby because it doesn't hold interest or whatever. Nostalgia is keeping the hobby alive. But like Jason said, part of Wonderfest is becoming a state sale or getting out of hobby sale. 
and you're not getting many new bloods, new faces in the hobby. I see the workshops, same guys as last year, maybe three younger modelers. I don't think anybody new to this hobby will unwillingly create and cast their own product. That's part of the generation that created it. Very highly unlikely, unlikely anybody in their 30s will take the time to purchase a garage kit and paint or go into business for themselves. The 90s is the decade that brought this hobby to light for a short time. It was in the mainstream spotlight and has gone. Look at all the shows that have come and gone over the years, as well as all the magazines, kit builders, modelers resource, and amazing figure modeler going digital. Like it or not, the future of Wonderfest is 3D printing and estate sales. I highly doubt there will be a huge influx of new modelers and new producers that there once was for this hobby. Thoughts, Scott? Because I have some. Well, want me to go first Logan, or do you want to go? Logan likes to push buttons, okay, as we all know. Um, but I don't think he was doing that there. No. Uh, he was stating facts. And, and facts that I agree with a lot of it. Um, you said it yourself. You saw a lot more older kits for sale this year than you have. And if you go on eBay, you'll start to see the trend as well. Now, the good thing is, for guys like me, if there's something I missed, it's a great chance to get something that I maybe never thought I was going to see again. Okay, so that aspect of it is really, you know, hey, man, sell your shit. I might want some of it. Yeah. The other hand, I've been downstairs looking at my stuff going, yeah, maybe I should sell some of my shit, you know, and it's I've weeded out before and I've weeded out before. And but I have to start looking at the fact uh, next month I'm going to be 60 years old. OK, obviously, I know I'll never build everything I have. Well, you're exactly the age frame he's talking about. Here. Yes, and um, so yeah, over time, I, I think we'll start. We'll see guys starting to weed things out of their collection that aren't as important to them. Again, the good thing is a guy like you or I might look at that and go, "That ain't important to him," but I want that. But then I might sell something that's not important to me, and there's going to be somebody out there going, "Hey, I want that." So, you know, that could go on for a while. Uh. You know, so there's there's a lot of things, you know, it, it's, yeah, you're going to see. That's what you're going to start to see now as far as 3D. Okay. Well. Go ahead. This might, I don't know, we might say the same thing. And I might be controversial here with what I'm going to say. The Garage Kid hobby's over. It's gone. It's done. Um. There's Paul still the nostalgia. Kick your ass right now. Who will? I and I hate oh, you know. I know he is, and I know people are going to be not going to want to hear that. But it's over. Uh, you're always going to have a few guys that are going to be producing kits, but the garage kit hobby that we know and love is gone. It's dead. It's over with. And this podcast will always still be about garage kits and 3D printing, and that's where we're going from now on. The name's going to change to a garage kit and 3D printing podcast starting next episode because that's where it's at. The garage kits are gone. There will, like I said, there will always be some, but we are living in a golden age of figure modeling. Not garage kits, but if you are a figure modeler, there has never been, even in the heyday of garage kits, and maybe we should do a whole episode on this. In the heyday of garage kits, what is happening right now with the amount of things that are available? Dwarfs, 
You could take every garage kit in the history of garage kits that's ever been made. And I'm talking America, not Japanese anime. I'm talking the garage kit stuff from the UK and the US. Mexico, because there are some guys in there. Dwarfed by what's happening right now. You could go on CG Trader, Cults 3D, My Mini Factory. Those three places alone have, I, I don't know. You could just do a quick search. How many files are there? Hundreds of thousands. There's so many things available. Subject matter that I've wanted for years that was never available as a garage kit. I can go right now and find something probably on CG Trader or Cults and print it up at home. The future of garage kits is 3D printing. If you don't have a 3D printer, you need to get one. End of story. That is now part of this hobby. If you don't want to believe that, you're done. You're going to be stuck buying older kits. That's how it is. Buying files is the future. It's how, like when music came in and went digital and everything changed, that's where you are now. But it is a, if you are a figure modeler and you like building models of figures from movies, TV, it has never been better than it is right now with the amount of stuff available to you. You just have to do it in a different way. And the people that are going to lose out because of that, it sucks because they've held down the fort for so long. And I still think there's a place for garage kits, like resin cast things. There's still a place for that stuff. If you do it right. If you keep your prices reasonable, which is hard where it is, and you offer some little things to go along with it, like Paul has the print that comes with it. Mark has some cool little things that come with things. There are some guys that will, it'll always be there, but we are living in a renaissance. And if you fail to see that, I'm sorry, but I have like, I have never had more fun buying and building kits than I have right now than the beginning of when I found garage kits. There's so much out there. And if you don't see that, there's something wrong with you. You need to open your eyes, get on Patreon. There's something for everybody right now. There is. Thoughts, Scott? I don't totally agree. <laughs> of course you don't. Okay. Um, I don't. Well, when you say, and, and I'm going to clarify because I think this is the way you mean it as well. I don't think the garage kid hobby is dead. Okay. But I think the garage kid hobby, the way we knew it. And that's what I mean. Yes. But you can't call it garage kits anymore. Cause it's, but yeah, but you can't really call it garage kits anymore because it is a different animal. Yeah. Um, There's so still I this think, hobby of building figure models. That's yeah. And I think that's the key is it's figure modeling. Yes. Just, and I think I still think there's room for both. I agree with the email. There's a lot of clay sculptures I look at now and say, man, I wish I could buy a file of that just because, you know, you're either not going to see or it's going to be so extremely expensive given the cost of molding and casting materials. Uh, you know, the other good thing about digital is, and I'll use well as an example, 160 some files he's got available on CG Trader. Some of them don't sell as well. Some of them sell better. Cartoon characters that are really obscure. And I'll say like OG from Megilla Gorilla. Not everyone's going to buy OG, but there is, he's still going to sell OG because there are going to be people that want OG from Megilla Gorilla. If that was going to be a resin kit, someone would look at that and say, I'm not making that. That's not going to sell but three or four copies. 
But I, okay, so just take Well Winner. In all of your years in this hobby, has anyone ever, ever made that many cartoon kits? Oh, hell no. No, no unfortunately. And I always say it's the great untapped. But that, but uh, that's my point is you have, a, you have a, you have an opportunity there that has never existed in the history of this hobby. The magazines are gone. Yeah. In, in physical format, amazing figure modelers still there digital, but that's, it's different. And that's what I think what you're trying to get. It's different and it needs to be different. Things well, change. And, and again, you talk to people that are digital sculptors now that got on board and said, I was losing jobs. Okay. And so. But I don't even want to focus it. on that in this conversation. Yeah. I want to but focus no, no, on no, the I, hobbyist, it, it, the person the that's building models. That's building models. The unfortunate thing. So here's, here's where it gets unfortunate for me. And this is why I think we're still not there yet in that. The baby boomers that he talked about still like the same stuff. Okay. And a lot of these guys sculpting are not baby boomers. They're my age. They're your age. Or younger. Or younger. Okay. So when you see a Spider-Man, you see a Spider-Man from the movies with the raised webbing and the texture and, and, and the crazy pose. And it's not that it's bad. It's, it's beautifully sculpted. Okay. But the boomers, like myself, I want what Tony Cipriano's doing because that's how that, I remember the stuff. And okay? that is my, and I think that's where if someone wants to pick up the ball and run with it, start a Patreon that is boomer centric. That just mm -hmm. is all those kinds of cartoon characters, all those kinds of comic book characters, the classic 60s stuff, and you'll make bank. But then it comes to, if you release your STLs, once they're out there in the wild, who cares? I, it, they're, 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 it doesn't matter anymore. And that's why I, I still think people need to get over it. Uh, if you have a patron, I'm on. Well, I agree. Like a fundraiser, a Patreon is the way to go for sure. I am currently one, two, eight Patreons right now, three tribes, five Patreons. Around 20. I don't even want to get in it because we're getting way too long, but it's gone. I, I, and I, we, I think we disagree, but the way it's not the same anymore and that's okay. But I think we're living well, in a golden age. I agree age with of, that. Yeah. I agree. It's not the same anymore. We're living in a golden age of figure modeling. And if anyone can't see that. No. And, and I agree with that too. Like it's okay. beautiful what's happening right now. Because I could go on and just search for dragon and you can go on and search for a dragon. And I may find a dragon that you say, I ah, like stupid, but I say, I love it. And you might do the same thing. And the joy of it is for 20 bucks, you can buy that. And for X Print amount, for 10. printed for 10 and for $30, you have it. Yeah. Okay. Now, if it was a garage kit, it would be $150, $160. Now, again, this goes into what you charge for printing. So, is a all right. So thing. here's what I'm talking about, right? I just pulled up. I just pulled up. And I know there's some to weed out, right? Just pulled up cults, typed in the word dragon. Want to take a guess how many results came back? 5,000. 15.4 thousand kits available that are dragons. 
Now, some of those are toys. Some of those are other weird things. Right. But there are 15 and a half thousand dragon files out there. That's just on cults or that, you know, like. That's never happened. I want people to just kind of wake up to this. Yes, it's different. People are going to start having to either. Uh, like, what oh. would Paul do? And I think this is a new, this is, is a start of a new episode because we've gone, this is way yeah. too long. Maybe we should have Paul on to talk about it. Yeah, I would love to. I would it, love it, to. It, it's, I'm sure he would. Um, And others, too. I, I would like to talk to a lot of others about it. Maybe do a compilation, like we do 10 minutes with this guy, 10 minutes yeah. with this but I do, yes, do like, and I think, yes, I want to do something like that. And I even, I, Jamie and I have kicked around the idea of starting a Patreon doing stuff mm-hmm. so we'll see we're, we're we've gone way too long end of the season i i want to mm-hmm. say thank you to everybody who has supported us over these last few years and we scott and i you know there's been ups and downs <laughs> we've been close to calling it up calling it quits a couple times but we're gonna keep going and thank you everyone everyone who's ever sent us something to give away anyone who's ever sent us an email Anyone's ever sent in something for the gallery, supported us in any way. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Um, I don't want to get emotional, but I, I, I didn't think we'd still be here now. And to think that we are, and I think we're kind of relevant somewhat. I, it, more relevant than the magazines right now, I think. Not to toot our own horn, because we can keep up with the news a little faster and... There will always be a place for that stuff, but I think we're here to stay for a while. And thank you. Scott. Support the show. Still yeah. support the garage. Oh, absolutely. Produce. Okay. We're not saying that. Jersey Fest is coming up. Uh, I'm sure they still have tables and rooms available. Um, you and I are still undecided on that, but yeah. um, I'm sure if I went, it would raise the attendance. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm the same way. It's, it's been fun. I've often said, and I'll still say, if you call the quits tomorrow, I'm good. You know, I'm good either way. Cause I get aggravated. Something happened this week that (laughs) aggravated me. I I will say just a really quick editorial. There are people out there that have preconceived notion of me and that's never going to change. And I realized I was a little bit of a hellraiser in the clubhouse back, or I was a lot of a hellraiser back in the clubhouse back in the day and stuff like that. But I've really, in the last two plus years, made an effort to back away from all that stuff. And a lot of people looked at what happened recently as part of that same stuff, and it wasn't. So I, but again, there's people. They're going to have their preconceived notions and keep them. Yeah. You want to get to know me, pick up the phone and call or email me. Yeah. Okay? Like so many of these guys that watch this show have. Yeah. And, and again, this is for everybody. This is not for Scott and I. I think we're, we do this because people watch, people like it for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, like Jesse said, but, love of the hobby is bullshit. Well, to a point he's right, but on the other hand, we do this. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying this will always be about garage kits, either classic and collecting garage kits, but the producing of ga- garage kits is ending and it, it's okay. Things will change. Things will be okay. You'll still be building models. 
The only thing I'll say that's different that where I disagree is this. A lot of baby boomers are technology challenged and they don't want to deal with new technology. And then you could easily so buy they don't one want to deal right. with a 3D printer. Then you're going to be buying a 3D print. That's Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh thank you everybody. We'll see you next time. Everyone have a safe 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Yeah, Jason, have a safe 4th of July. I will have a Actually, it's going to be a calm one, I think. So, you too. I'll burn myself on the holiday. <laughs> Then they're no fun. We'll see you next time, everybody.